All right, hello, welcome to episode 49 of Right Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, and him, Remfrey Deadman. Hello, Remfrey. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Good, I'm good. good, thank you. Um, I'm hot. It's really hot. Yeah, it is it's, very, very hot. It's summertime, all right. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm going to cut straight into it. We're going to be reviewing new albums from Tom York with the Black Keys, Jamie Lemon, Three Teeth, and Foxjaw on this week's show. I'm going to go straight into musicism, musicism.net. There are friends who uh, have given us these microphones. They provide us with some of the best online tutorials. Well, not us, with everyone, all of you. Uh, I've, I've been fiddling about with their guitar. Have you? Courses. Yeah. Fiddling about with their guitar courses? God, I don't know. Learning Van Halen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you came on two months ago. So smug. Oh, I could do Van Halen Eruption on the acoustic guitar on this podcast. And yeah, you've been very, very quiet, Renfrey. Um, I hadn't listened to Eruption for a while. Mm. Uh, and uh, the, the bit that people remember from Eruption is, is relatively easy. Right. In context of Again, Van Halen. It, the, the rest of it's fucking hard. Yeah. Okay. I'll get there in, you know, 10 years or so. <laughs> well, you need to pay your nine ninety nine a month for musicism. Yeah. Get over to musicism.net if you want to be a guitarist, singer, no vocals on eruption, or producer. <laughs> Don't even know who produced it. But anyway, <laughs> go and get 25% off when you put the code RIA in capitals in the checkout. So thanks very much to them. Um, we should have a word from our sponsor. Our yeah, sponsor. let's have a word from our sponsor. Do it, I'm going to let you do this, Renfrey. Do it better than you did I'm going to do week. it far better than last, last Thank week. You. Um, so we are currently sponsored by Arc Tangent Festival. You may have heard of it. Um, I might have talked about it in the past. It's a critically acclaimed independent festival that's been delivering world-class lineups that you won't find anywhere else on planet planet earth steve um mm. the focus is on post-rock math rock alt rock left field and experimental rock music there were over 90 bands playing across the weekend uh including three headliners meshuggah battles and coheed in cambria alongside them there's also the likes of daughters carpenter brute zia Leonardo, russian circles caspian 65 days of static three trap tigers cult of luna black peaks bosk nordic giants employed to serve pigs 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 the ocean conjurer ttng the physics house band, the algorithm. Was that enough pigs? Pigs, 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 pigs. pigs. There's only five pigs. Oh, fuck, pigs, 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 pigs. Damn pigs, it. Pigs. pigs, 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 pigs. Yeah. A lot of people like Googling the wrong band. Shit. <laughs> um, yeah, because there's obviously a band called Pigs. There's a band called Pigs Pigs. There's a band called Pigs Pigs Pigs. Yeah. Um, and a Pigs 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 tribute band. Yeah. <laughs> called it Sheep, 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 <laughs> Sheep, Sheep. <laughs> Probably. I don't, I don't know. There's a shitloads of bands. Yeah. There's a shitloads of bands. Loads um, of bands. Many of whom we talk about all the time. Yeah. Um, a couple of which got onto the bill because we talk about them. Oh. <laughs> wow. Um, um, it takes place on Fernhill Farm, which is just outside Bristol from the 15th to the 17th of August. And it won the uh, best festival, best small festival in the UK award last year. At the well UK done. Festival well done to them. So it's won, them, won it a few times, actually. Well, it, it, it sounds, I mean, it genuinely, you know, we've been saying it for months. So people are like, you sell out. We've been saying this anyway. Yeah, I mean, we, they we decided to give us out of, yeah, purely yeah, out of pity have. to give us some money for it. So we very much appreciate them getting involved. And they we, we do have a code. Have a code. I'd yeah. like to say we have a code. Um, last last week I said there was a code which is Riot Act, all one word, capital R, capital A. And if you put that into the checkout, you get a cool ten percent off the ticket price. In order to make things even easier for people, because the code for Musicism is Riot, capital R I O T, yeah. you can also use that code. So, oh, okay. and I hope that hasn't overcomplicated it. I'm kind of worried that that's overcomplicated it. But basically, you can use Riot or Riot Act, capital R, capital A, capital R. Ooh. <laughs> 
Both are complicated, it, haven't oh, I? Yeah. You can't use both codes and you won't get 20% off if you use both codes. Although, actually, I haven't tried that. Maybe try it. It might work. Who knows? You don't need to try it. You're on the bloody list, mate. You're oh, the yeah, king I'm on of the list. fucking art tangent. You're I, throw down on I, the big, that is big my official title. Throne, a big, not a 4 4 throw. I only said a 4 throw. The last thing you hear at art tangent is anything 4 4. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That's true. But, um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, go, and, go and get a ticket. It should be yeah. brilliant. It's a come, great lineup. Come and see me on my throne. Uh, yeah. It'll be great. I'll be there as well. I don't know why you're yeah. cutting me out. But I will you be won't there. be on the throne, though. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can steal a throne. You um, can steal a throne. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, as well, our Patreon page, Patreon got, p- patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. Um, we've been a little bit slack on the old rioters reviews. I'm probably going to uh, tell you why in a second. Yes. We've, um, got, a, we've got a Killing Joke one. which Yeah, we've got Killing Joke, self-titled Killing Joke album uh, we did recently. Um, we also were this week, we were going to be talking, um, we're not doing a trade-off this week. Uh, we were going to be talking about you gave me maybe she will maybe she will not for want of trying um, and I gave you 808s and Heartbreak by Kanye West um, we're not doing it this week and I'm actually not going to be on the podcast for the next two weeks um, and I'll tell you why because since I did Matt Stocks' podcast Life in the Stocks which you can still listen to a lot of people went wow I didn't realise um, what a kind of weird time you'd be having in your personal life a lot of people tweeted me that and I was quite open about that and it's made me feel like I can be more open about stuff that's going on. Um, uh, as we sit here today, um, unfortunately, my my mum died yesterday, so I won't be here for the next two weeks. But I really wanted to give you guys a show. I wanted to do the show, and I've I've really um, always tried to be. I guess prof- I don't even need to be professional. I feel like you know this isn't. I'm sitting in my kitchen <laughs> now uh, with a cup of tea. Um, and a laptop in front of us and that's that's our podcast this isn't a fucking you know a big thing but um i felt like i you know wanted to give you guys a show uh and um uh, i think probably my family would tell me to just get on with stuff and my mum would tell me to get on with stuff so i'm gonna get on with it but i won't be here for a couple of weeks because I do feel like <laughs> life, yeah. life has just caught up with me recently and um, I could do with a couple of weeks off. So Renfrey, next week uh, you're going to be joined by Damien. Next week I'm going to be joined Saint by Damien Pierre. from the St. Pierre Snake Invasion. Sorry, yep. there's an echo in here. There is. Um, and uh, we'll be going through uh, a bunch of reviews like Where Your Wounds and, oh, I can't remember what we're doing now, Torsh, the new Torsh album and stuff like that. Oh yeah, it's a good week. And then the week after we will have the 2000 trees review mm. which you're not going to i'm anyway. not going to that anyway so, so basically anyway. we're just you know considering the circumstances we're just sort of trying to give steve a couple of weeks off um and you know just i like i've said it off mic i say it on mic i'm very grateful for you doing this show because this has come at a very very difficult time and i really really appreciate it. and i'm sure people out there will appreciate it as well given the circumstances yeah okay but also you know <laughs> Thank you, mate. Um, don't tweet me. I don't. Want to, <laughs> I don't want to hear your stuff. Um, yeah, uh, in the nicest possible way. Um, so we were also we were going to talk um, because obviously neither of us got to go to Glastonbury at the weekend, but Glastonbury did happen, and I think it's because it is the biggest festival, um, certainly in this country at the very very least, maybe even the world. I think it is the, the most world, kind of actually. high profile uh, festival yeah, in the world. Yeah. I think it's definitely worth us. Um, pointing out to people that there are a plethora of things available on iPlayer that you can watch whether you got to go to the festival or not. Um, I watched as much of it as I possibly could. Um, 
and I watched the kind of the full sets of the headliners. Also, you know, in terms of highlights and things that you might want to watch, I would say I watched Baby Metal earlier, uh, which Baby Metal getting a reaction kind of similar to how Deantwork got a, a um, download. Just a lot of people going, ah, really? So, okay. Yeah. So that was quite interesting. Um, the Wu Tang Clan, if you can get this one with the Wu Tang Clan, and the Chemical Brothers together, which is definitely worth watching. The Wu Tang Clan, unfortunately, <laughs> suffering from. Uh, a similar sort of thing that I remember uh, Run DMC doing when I saw them at Reading um, back in the day where they just looked quite old and couldn't really jump that much right. and played a lot of covers. How, <laughs> like, how many of them were there? Um, there were like seven of them there, but they're kind of unrecognized. Well, the thing, one of them was going, oh, ODB. And one of them was just sort of pretending to be old Dirty Bastard. And I was like, yeah. well, you're not, mate. That's a bit oh, weird. seems slightly disrespectful. Uh, yeah, a little bit. it was a bit weird. Um, I'd also, yeah, no, I watched Liam Gallagher as well, um, who doesn't sound very good anymore. And anymore? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. But oh, if me. I'm going to say genuinely things worth going on iPlayer to watch, Sharon Van Etten's set is brilliant. She's like a kind of, does a, a really cool um, sort of modern Joy Division mixed with PJ Harvey and her set is great. She's all kind of clad in black kind of, almost like a black spandex onesie and she looks like fucking cyber goth killer as fuck it's great that's wicked to know because you were sort of ho-hum about the last yeah, record yeah but i loved the live show i thought it was really good i will say actually i should have said it at the time but her previous records are actually quite different to okay. that record so maybe if you enjoyed that glastonbury set it's mm. worth uh going back to her maybe i will stuff. maybe i will but for me i mean the highlight of the whole thing actually it, you, you should watch his idols set it was mm. just joyously brilliant yeah I'm and, looking forward to um, that. that's really 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 good but um I did watch the headliners. So they were headlined by Stormzy, The Killers and The Cure. I don't know if there's that much really to talk about during The Cure or The Killers. I think The Cure were sublime. Yeah. Um, quite, you know, <laughs> Robert Smith actually kind of acknowledged um, when he came back on for the encore that Glastonbury is not really the sort of thing that he said, it's kind of hard for us to translate what we are. You know, and he sort of went, oh, and, and he felt like he kind of stumbled over himself. And then he went, but for the next half an hour, we'll be what Glastonbury wants us to be. And then they did this encore of just did they? all the big hits. Well, they didn't play Love Cats mm. at all, which I thought was still like, we're still not going to give you everything you want. They're not going to give you everything. Still, but the cure know. are quite notorious for sort of oh, yeah. spend it, taking ages to come here, and then they'll they'll do like a set full of B sides, and then that's it. You know, I think they did that at Reading yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, they did. But they got um, a really small crowd at Reading, and um, I think they probably just went, "Ah, fuck it." But uh, they did at least. You know, like they they. I thought it was you know for me it was a great set, and there were there were a few you know sort of hidden um rarities and gems in there yeah but for the most part i think they played maybe it's just because i'm more that familiar with the cures back catalog because i know mm. that i was looking on twitter and there seems to be two schools of people people who are going oh this is amazing weren't the killers crap and people go and this is boring he's got no charisma why doesn't he do something i would have preferred a, the killers mm. now the killers on the uh, sort of the flip side to that very kind of just you know the cure musically superb sounded incredible robert smith's voice is brilliant um you know they, they were one of the few bands are actually even coming to the tv sounded sublime i thought uh the killers on the other hand was very cabaret all show um 
a lot of like as soon as Brandon Flowers came out in this sort of suit, moving a bit like Elmo, he, he looks like a sort of Jim Henson <laughs> puppet. Brandon Flowers, I they think they are from Las little, Vegas, to be yeah, fair. And it, the it whole cabaret very, thing. Yeah, it was it was very like put your hands in the air and whoa. And at the start, I was like, oh god. But by the end, I mean, what I, what I will say is. I was surprised at how heavily, having not really paid much attention to the killers for a long time, I was surprised at how heavily they lean on Hot Fuss, the first record. Mm. Now that is, a, from what I remember, it's been a long time since I've actually sat down and listened to it, but I used to really like it. This is in my sort of indie period. That's a surprise. I really liked it. Well, it's got a sort of electro... <sighs> they got Johnny Marr on and they got the Pet Shop Boys on at the end. And I think they kind of, like it's in the kind of an American version of that, that first album is a bit like the Smiths doing electro pop, you know? Mm. And it's actually, from what I remember, like I really, I've not been a long time, it's been a long, long time since I listened to it, but from what I remember, we're hearing back a lot of those songs. I was like, yeah, these songs are really good actually. Like, you know, stuff like, um, glamorous indie rock and roll. (laughs) And, uh, Jenny was a friend of mine. And those, you know, the, the kind of not Mr. When Mr. Brightside came on, I was like, Oh, although I don't know, man, Seeing people be so joyously happy at a festival. People fucking love that song. People love that song. Yeah. People were having, and it's, it, it felt quite hard and it felt quite, it, it would feel kind of quite nasty of me at this point to come on and be and disparage how much people had a good time. But it, I, felt, it all felt a bit synthetic, I thought. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I saw the Killers uh, at V Festival, believe it or not. Uh, I do God, believe it. Many years ago. Um, and they were, I'm sure they were headlining, weren't they? I think they were headlining. It was yeah, the year that be. Oasis split up. Mm. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you like that, didn't you? So I just remember those crying yeah. chavs. It's just hilarious. Um, and uh, there was a certain sort of. It's difficult not to get caught up when Mr. Bright's, Brightside comes on because so many people are so fucking happy about hearing that song. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Wonderwall. Yeah. And you don't want to like it because you don't want to be that guy because everyone fucking likes it. Mm. And, and so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I like the Pet Shop Boys coming on. and I, But I thought Brandon Flowers was, I don't know, it, all, it felt very disingenuous as opposed to The Cure who came on and made absolutely no attempt really to connect with people. They said, all right, I'll tell you what, we'll meet you halfway. We'll play some songs you know. Yeah. But we're not talking to you and we're not looking at you and we're not going to give you a light show. We're not going to go, everybody put your hands in the air and go, whoa, went, whoa. Mm. But like they didn't do any of that. And mm. they're going, oh, that's what you want from a show. And I was like, well, you know, it depends. I think it's become the thing that bands, that headlining festival sets do now. And I, 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 The Cure was just such a brilliant reminder of a time when you could be weird and, mm. and, and, and insular and people would still go, no, that's fine. I accept you because your music is great. As opposed yeah. to like, it felt like the killers would be, oh, please, please like us. Please, we have to, you know, you have to like this. Oh, please, God. So they were sort of saying, oh, we we need to come here and kill it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Whereas the cure were just like, all right. I've spoken about this a little bit in the past, but I actually get quite annoyed when you've got, a, uh, when there's a front man telling me what to do every mm. two minutes. So like, mm. put your hands in the air, shout, whoa, whoa. It kind of, the. I mean, I actually quite like Green Day, but it's sort of the Billy Joe Armstrong thing of like, do this, do that, do, you know, do the other like fucking cartwheel. Mm. Um, and I'm kind of, I always sort of feel like 
you should be making me do that through your music. You, you should be playing tunes that make me so excited. I'm going to go, whoa, or whatever. Yeah, know, of course. To be honest. But yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, that's what some some people just want to be told what to do sometimes. Exactly. Steve, I think. Yeah, I think it was, you know, it was... <laughs> it sounds very condescending of me, but you know. <sighs> well, I mean, it does, but it also, like, I, I can't help but, but agree with you, really, because, yeah. you know, I do think... Uh, I do think that that's... It is a certain sort of person that feels excited by that. Like I don't, unless I, the unless unless the entire package is brilliant, and I really feel that it just comes out of the moment. I'm yeah. not really like these kind of synchronized stage moves and whatever. They're not, you know, they're not the they're not as interesting to me as sort of individuals, people just doing whatever it is that they feel like they are doing in that moment. Yeah, and there are obviously there are bands who do that very very well you know i would i don't, I don't see i look at dave grohl and i don't think even though i don't really like the food fighters particularly i look at dave grohl and i think i don't really feel like he has pre-planned anything before he comes out on stage okay. and it all felt a little bit scripted and synchronized and a bit plastic with the killers mm-hmm. well and half of their songs were you know the the stuff that i don't like of their back i mean they i i got i liked hot fuss enough to get Samstown the day it came out. Yes. And I thought it was rubbish. And after that, yeah. I've just been like, oh, don't It's like quite different, Samstown, yeah, wasn't it, from yeah. what I recall? So that's it. I really liked them. When they were this sort of... Because we spoke about the bravery on Trade Off, and the bravery to me were just like a killer's rip-off. Like mm. ripping off the first mm. killer's album. Mm. And I still kind of didn't mind it at the time, even though I think it's aged very badly. So I'd be interested to go back to listen to that killer's album, see if it is actually any good or not. Because mm. I did really like it at the time. And I've not liked anything else that they've ever done. Maybe we should make it a little project for ourselves. Maybe we should. We should, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I thought The Cure were fucking excellent just by being themselves. And I thought The Killers were, if you like that sort of thing, yeah. they, were, they were quite good. But really, the big talking point of the weekend was Stormzy, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. Because everyone we- thought, oh, yeah, The Cure and The Killers, they're, you know, headliners. They've been around for years, whatever. The current zeitgeisty, you know, the, the record-breaking, the history making event was Stormzy you watched it Renfrey I as, did watch as it did I I I'm, told I'm, you to I, I watched it and then told you to watch it you <laughs> had to watch told it. me to watch it um sorry I did a slight intake of breath there because I'm not history making I'm not sure if it's as history making as as well there was a, so Stormzy made a big deal about the fact that he was the first black artist to mm headline glastonbury and then, uh, is that right british and then skin came in and was like uh excuse me Skunk from the prodigy Matt, yeah, i think exactly. the drummer from ub40 did it in yeah. 1983 as well there's a, the, a solo artist sh- sure mm. but is that as if, if there was a lot of sort of uh little nods to that throughout the show and it's a bit like oh, well, that, that's not right is it mm. not done your research mm. <laughs> but mm. um so you know but i mean i guess i guess it is History making in a sense, certainly probably the whitest crowd he's ever played to. <laughs> well, it's it's the, the reason why I say it's like, so, okay, so here's why I want to talk about it. And here's what I think about it. I've been fairly kind of critical of modern hip hop. And that's why it's kind of, it's a bit annoying that we're not doing Kanye West this week, because I think that would have been a really, really interesting seesaw between mm. uh, two things, which I will get into when, we'll we, come back when to we do finally get around to doing it. Um, but the thing that I've always been very critical, and I think is the stuff that's out at the moment that's very, very popular that people are telling you is going to be the, you know, the, is the big thing. 
it feels very it's it always feels so zeitgeisty to me it feels so current i mean we spoke about the bring me horizon album and when he's name checking instagram yeah on a song yeah. you're dating something immediately yep. that to me says boom and burst it's yep. it's a bubble it's gonna pop it goes up it looks pretty for a minute it pops and it vanishes and it's like someone referencing myspace 10 years ago yeah exactly yeah exactly that um and i didn't necessarily have anything against stormzy or grime as a as an art form but i did see stormzy at the brit awards last year uh playing blinded by your grace and i think my problem was at that point was i was stood in a i stood at the o2 um in a Box, a private box with loads of champagne and a 52 year old woman next to me going Stormzy's my boy and throwing kind of gangster <laughs> rap signs and I thought to myself if this is the dangerous the new dangerous anarchic um form of music that people are supposed to be painting out that it is then I'm I'm sorry but I just I just don't see it when you're at the Brit Awards alongside Little Mix and stuff and you're playing with a gospel choir and blah 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 mm. I don't really think that you can hold yourself up as cutting edge no um, that was sort of my my opinion on it um blinded by your light though um is is probably not the most uh it's certainly not the most dangerous song in this no, catalog no, no, no. obviously and, and to be honest like i wanted to bring that song up because it's not often that i i will well no if i think i've got it wrong i'll admit i've got it wrong and i got it badly wrong with that i think at this point i'm going to admit that i got it wrong i will say I like Blinded by Your Light, part Grace. one and two. About uh, Blinded by Your Grace, my apologies. Um, and I definitely thought they were highlights of the that set. Do you know what it is? And this is why I think it, it is good, actually, is because the amount of stuff in modern music where it influences only current producers and current modern music, when he's getting a gospel choir out, yeah, that to me is somebody who is aware of his the sort of musical culture and musical heritage lineage that where he's come from so much hip hop that I, that I grew up loving sampled funk and soul and gospel and the blues and was taking that and bringing that along and, and becoming a part of that. And I think a big part of why I've fallen out of love and out of interest with hip hop. And again, Kanye West uh, we'll talk about that album, but that album is kind of year zero, I think, for people going, nope, like, I don't, we don't need the, it's, this is new and it's now and it's computerized and it's, and it's almost like it's a, a new year zero, which has very, very narrow, limited um, sonic influence and space for for what's happening. And I think that's why so much of this stuff that comes out now sounds the same. When Stormzy did that, in a different environment, in Glastonbury, having heard the rest of his back catalogue, you did suddenly go, actually, yeah, he's he knows what he's doing. He's fucking brilliant. To me, Stormzy is, for for a rock comparison, Stormzy's like Green Day. Green Day grew up in Berkeley that playing, um, you know, uh, playing the, the, the Gilman Street Club with Neurosis and all the other punk bands. Mm. And... Um, and then signed to a major label and was told that you're not punk anymore and you're the, and, mm. and, and, and changed their sound and did something like Good Riddance, Time of Your Life. Just because Green Day did Good Riddance doesn't mean they killed punk mm. or they made it mm. irrelevant. Mm. Like that's that was a stupid thing of me to have said when mm. Stormzy did that one song. Um, what Stormzy's done with Grime, I think, is to kind of define this period of British music 
in the same way as the Beatles did in the 60s or the Sex Pistols did in the late 70s. And I think that Glastonbury performance is the moment that has cemented him as the most um, relevant and most interesting cultural musical artifact that we currently have. You know, like it or lump it, Mm. that now has cemented a grime artist in the same lineage as the Rolling Stones and David Bowie and U2 and Coldplay and all these bands that have headlined Glastonbury. And he's done it whilst simultaneously name-checking over 60 other grime artists. Yeah, that was that was a interesting moment. So it sort of came out onto the, I suppose, a sort of ego ramp of some kind and, and just sort of explained why, you know, he was saying that there are loads of people there's loads of people coming through the floodgates now and like this isn't gonna mm. um stop i mean we'll just have to wait and see yeah, i suppose we'll see, won't we? um i mean I, i'm not an expert enough to know i mean i recognized of the 60 odd names i probably recognized five because it's not it's <laughs> didn't not mention temper team my favorite temps. <laughs> i was like come on man you gotta shout out temps i think um uh I don't feel as strongly about it as you, but then I, I also watching it, I was kind of like, this feels so far removed from what I know. Um, it feels so far removed from what I would consider a gig. I'm not saying it's not mm. a gig or a festival performance or whatever, but um, it, it's almost as if my critical faculties just don't really work because it's very, very far away from, it's very alien to mm. what I know and what I like. I have to say at first, I, I, I think the interesting thing with Stormzy for me is I found that all of the best moments, in my opinion, were the moments where he was being, where he had help, if that makes sense. Stormzy himself. So the first three, four songs was just him, basically yeah. just him. And I mean, I was close to, I was bored shitless. I found it I, like it's just not for me. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm not mm. saying I, it just wasn't for me. Yeah, hip hop is always I think can be it de- relies quite heavily on, um, like ironically, kind of relies very heavily on, solely on the music because there wasn't. You know, I've seen Eminem and I've seen a lot of people. I've seen a lot of hip hop artists, who, and it's just a guy out the front, yeah, and then there's a DJ behind him, and it's yeah. not the most kind of visually, in, in visually case, interesting. A DJ, not even, yeah, not, even uh, like, not even on the stage. Yeah, like yeah. I felt really sorry for him. I was like, "You're doing all, not all the work. He's doing a lot of it. Doing a lot of work. Um, that takes some fucking balls." And I think you know, yeah, sure. It, and 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 to be honest, you know, the other thing about him is he seemed to me he's incredibly charismatic. Yes, he is incredibly passionate and well-spoken yep. and articulate and um all of those yeah, well, that, that's it all of those things mm-hmm. and i think you know as <laughs> i would love to have somebody in rock to be able to command that many people completely on their own i think there are some but probably not from the last few years well they just haven't had the chance have they a lot of them they just haven't really there's nobody's really been given the opportunity to to do something like that from you know a guitar music background Mm. um because it's there were times where i was like fucking hell this is this is hard and it's fucking aggro but then he did get on a gospel choir and that the stuff you know with the with the ballet shoes i mean people are talking about the you know the, the ballet shoes and the ballet interlude bit mm. um a lot and how what a great kind of allegorical statement that was and 
I, I like personally, I looked at it and I, I kind of went in, you know, I've got absolutely no dog in this fight at all. No, yeah. I, yeah. I listened to, I, you know, a couple of years ago, my, I worked with a guy who really liked grime and he was like, you should start listening to this stuff. It's really good. And he was like, you listen to this and listen to that and the other. And Stormzy wasn't even one of the people that he particularly told me I should go and listen to. So I've not really listened to him that much, really. Mm, mm. Um, but it's obvious that, you know, that he comes from that scene. He obviously is, you know, uh, has risen up a bit again, a bit like Green Day, you know, bad religion and um, no effects and the descendants and the vandals were doing all this stuff before Green Day did. But it took somebody with, you know, like for all of what we were just saying about the killers, you know, Billy Joe is someone who can hold the attention yeah. of and who writes timeless classic songs. And I think that's another thing with Stormzy is that with something like Blinded by Your Grace, seeing it live in that environment, I was like, what a good song. Yeah. What a great song. Yeah. Um, and there are a few actually where I was like, this song's really good. And it is obviously it's a, good, a completely different thing to be in, you know, when people say, oh, like the classic songwriters of yore would eat these rappers for breakfast. He can't sing and all this shit. Like, you know, it's a stupid comparison because it's just, you know, but but people still listen to Wu Tang Clan. People still listen to Run DMC. People still listen to Tupac. Mm. Like and and I, I I genuinely think, having seen that on Friday, I I think when in fifty hundred years time when people come to consider what what was what British music was in two thousand nineteen, like it or lump it it will be this. Mm. I genuinely do think that. I think well, it was a de an absolutely definitive moment for that. I don't think it will be like Skunk and Nancy where people go, oh yeah, do you remember Skunk and Nancy? Or Moby. Yeah. Do you remember Moby headlined Glastonbury? I mean, to be fair to Skin and Skunk and Nancy, a band I love, like I, I didn't, I completely forgot that they headlined Glastonbury in 1999, yeah. you know. Um, and like you're never, even though you're not a fan, you, you're never going to forget that Jay-Z headlined Glastonbury. You'd never no. forget that Radiohead or Pulp headlined Glastonbury. No, yeah, 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 you know, you'd never quite. forget that Bowie headlined Glastonbury. And I don't think you'll forget that Stormzy headlined Glastonbury. And there was an interesting sort of, there's all, not a passing of the torch, but, you know, Chris Martin coming out, who's obviously like a god in that Glastonbury field, pretty mm. much. He was on with everyone, wasn't he? The fucking idiot. <laughs> that, was, that was definitely the worst bit of the set. Mm. It was. Oh, well, man, it I, was I, 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 I think Stormzy on his own was the worst bit of the set, but I, I think that's I think that's the thing which just kind of left me a little bit cold. With I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I I, I have no idea to be honest. We'll mm. have to wait and see. Mm. But um, I think what bugged me about it personally is I just found that Stormzy was the least good thing about the entire like i was always I'm, like i was looking at the gospel choir i was like oh they're fucking great or i was looking at the drummer doing stuff i was like he's fucking brilliant and like yeah he's very charismatic and stuff but when it was stormzy on his own i lost a lot of interest and really, that just see, uh, might be my aversion to hip hop. i don't know see i was the opposite i thought he, right that all that stuff brilliantly complimented him but at the same time I felt like I focused even harder on him when that stuff was around. Mm -hmm. I felt that he kind of stepped up to it. It, it, it. To me, it made him look even great. Like, I get what you're saying. I think him mm. on a stage on his own is not as visually interesting as him as a drummer mm. or with, you know, anyone but Chris Martin um, on stage. With him. But I certainly think he, for me, remained the, totally remained the focal point throughout. Okay. And I... What about that little kid doing all the dancing and stuff? 
Yeah, you know, like all that shit was cool. Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of cool stuff going on there. And I thought the things that it represented, you know, him coming out with a Union Jack stab vest, him, the, you know, the stage set essentially being um, you know, like a like a, a tower block. Yeah, representing a tower yes. block. And he's been very vocal about Grenfell Tower yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, that was very cool. And with all, again, with all due respect to the other bands playing this weekend, you headline The Killers and The Cure. No one spoke of now in the same way as Stormzy spoke of today. And I think that to it, it just, to me, it, it's like the time, it was the timing and the person, it was the right time with the right person. Um, and they got it just, they just spot on. It's one of those rare points where kind of opportunity and, uh, society and culture kind of meet at exactly the correct point. 1997 seeing Radiohead. I remember I was at that mm. Radiohead mm. Glastonbury show mm. and I just remember thinking this feels like the perfect band to be headlining this show today. And even the night before the Prodigy headlined it and they did as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there used to be more of these sort of things happening. It's just felt like when you look at the Glastonbury lineups over the years, Rick kind of the last few years, yeah. Even the sort of newer ones have not really have not. I don't think have really resonated in 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 that kind of way. You know, when you think of Jay Z was good. You know, like like people Beyonce was. It was a good show. I don't really. But but what has Beyonce really got to say? You know, what does Beyonce sort of represent? Not a lot, really. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a pop star. Whereas I think Stormzy, that's somebody who is absolutely uh, you know it, it, if somebody if black peaks got to that point and walked out and went this is for employed to serve and venom prison and puppy and you know and fox jaw and fucking every other band that we and jamie lenman and everybody out and, and went did and reeled off 60 bands of like cool and this is for palm reader this is for like yeah. and band who'd split up we would be losing our fucking shit. Well, that's that's why I thought that was fucking cool. Mm. Like I thought that was really fucking cool. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. I I feel, I feel out of my depth to be able to give those kind of uh, um, those kind of. I, I feel too out of my depth to be able to predict whether you know it will be like a solid set yeah, that we look I mean, back on and stuff. And I, I admit, like, admittedly. I I would you know I struggle to know whether where Stormzy sits in terms of the absolute quality of grime in general. I think he's good. Like I say, the dude for me that I've I've, I've listened to a whole bunch of him and I, I still like Next Hype by Temper T is just an absolute fucking rager. That's ten years old. Mm-hmm. I only heard it a couple of years ago and people were going, oh, he's been around. He's he's gone. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I you know, I like Dizzy Rascal when he was out. I suppose he'd be sort of considered the Godfather of grime or whatever. But I've not. I have a very limited. Um, understanding and a very limited um, even interest to be fair at this point yeah. in this type of music but when something feels like that felt I think you you have to kind of at least go okay well he's 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 ticking all of those boxes he's pushing all of those buttons definitely you know mm. uh, and and I, I we don't know what's gonna happen and we don't know because 
the world is different now to how it used to be when we were growing up where when punk happened everyone went okay well that's the definitive thing yeah. although there are probably still people who go punk oh, disco was the definitive thing well yeah exactly but i think the first when most people when you think of 1977 in, in britain and they go what music was around then people go sex pistols yeah i would have thought so and and, and i suppose that the lines are more blurred as well because you know of the way that people listen to music and the fact that it isn't shoved down people's you know specific things to listen to isn't shoved down people's throats in the same way that it used to be so i don't know if it will be as defined as you know in 10 years time we look back at 2019 i th- i don't think it will be like grime was the thing i think it'll be this 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 and this was the thing because mm. i think it's just going to get more sort of complex as it goes on which yeah. isn't a bad thing necessarily yeah. it's just weird you know our generation are used to having kind of like this was the thing then and then that was the thing and that was the thing that was the genre then, this you know. really did does feel like the thing though if something feels like the thing you know i, I guess it's the same as i mean i look at when i look at these kind of emo rappers which you know, I know a lot of people in the rock scene have got a lot of respect for and are saying, oh, we should be embracing them because I just don't like that music. I just find it incredibly dull and I, I don't think it's good. Whereas I think Stormzy is good and I think Stormzy feels much more like a, you know, and I know there's stuff like Ghost Mane and I saw Scarlord. I wasn't impressed by Scarlords mm. at all. Like Stormzy was was doing everything. He was doing all the stuff. Like I saw Scarlord and he wasn't even doing it. Like Stormzy mm. was doing, he, he was, was de- a, yeah, he was definitely doing know. it. So, um, I mean, he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't doing all of it. No, no, he wasn't doing. doing, he wasn't doing no, he wasn't doing all of it. But, he, but was was, doing, he was doing enough for you to not be yeah, like. This isn't just you, fucking shouting. Come on, over your own song. Uh, so anyway, but we will see. Um, talk to us again in fifteen years <laughs> if this podcast is still a thing, and we'll see how we got on. Um, but yeah, all the, all of those things are available on BBC iPlayer at the moment. I think there's definitely a, a fair few things that we should try and check out. And I'd actually quite be up for going to Glastonbury next year. We'll just have to see. Yeah, because Gojira played. Mm, yeah well had a miserable time by the sounds of it did they well i heard in birmingham uh i think i can say this because they said it to the crowd in birmingham but they were basically and maybe this was just to sort of g up the crowd in birmingham but um they said uh we played glastonbury last night uh it was shit no one gave a shit about us you know and all this sort of thing Mm. so good good to plant here impression thank you very much was what you were supposed to say there but um yeah Uh, (laughs) uh, well I'll tell you where people did give a shit about Gojira was at Brixton Academy on oh! Sunday night. So Link. we've been to see some gigs ourselves, me and Renfrey. I went to Gojira. Uh, you saw Weezer and Wilhaven. Now I miss Wilhaven because of things. Obviously, my life has been a bit fucked recently. Um, but I did get the chance to go and see Gojira. Uh, so we should talk about that and I'll let you talk about Wilhaven and Weezer if that's cool. Uh, do you want to do Gojira first? Yeah. Okay. That's well, we should I do Roller to Massey first, actually. Oh, we? yes, we should. Well, actually, we should do Dead Label first. Oh, because I got there in gosh. time. Dodd- yes. So, um, uh, get well soon to Will from Black Peaks because Black Peaks very sadly had to pull out of their shows with Gojira, which I know the boys will be absolutely gutted about and were absolutely gutted about. But well, Will in particular, his fate. He said to many times his absolute favorite band of Gojira. Yeah, and so, he's yeah. and he's he's yeah. not well. So, um, uh. Uh, I, you know, we obviously we hope you get better soon, Will, yeah. because um, you know that's a really shitty time for that to happen. Yeah. I know he's been poorly, and um, but um, yeah, get on the men soon, mate. Um, so they were replaced by Dead Label, mm-hmm. who are an Irish band who um, reminded me of a kind of almost a deathy version of Helmet. Ah, I liked it. Good. Yeah, I, I heard only it. Saw like fifteen minutes of them as I was coming in. Right. Um, 
and they obviously there's I feel like their songwriting could do with a bit of um uh do do a bit of pepping up mm-hmm. but I do think the sound of the band were kind of like a, a kind of earache band but playing helmet staccato riffs and it was really cool that sounds and cool. they obviously looked like they were fucking so chuffed to be there, yeah. as you would do. You're yeah, just yeah, yeah. Added to the Bill probably, of Academy yeah. to support Gajira. Probably a couple of days beforehand yeah. as well, I would have thought. But um, I think a band probably worth uh, keeping a beady eye on, Dead Label. Yeah, I had not even heard of them. And I, I got in a little bit later than you. So I, I think I saw one song. So I don't really want to, you know, pass comment on one song. But um, uh, But I saw a lot of people saying a lot of good things. And a lot mm. of people were very happy that Dead Label, you know... Um, saw them as a good replacement considering yeah. the circumstances so yeah, yeah that's great Rolo Tomasi did excellently I thought I thought they were fantastic yeah um I worried for Tomasi a little bit obviously I've been incredibly positive about Tomasi on this podcast because I, I, they are probably one of my favorite bands this country has ever produced I yeah. think I absolutely adore them um but I was slightly worried for them purely because they have a very complex sound to get right. Yes. And uh, Brixton, Brixton Academy, Academy support slots Brixton notoriously. Academy swallows support bands. Yeah, often. Whole, often. often. I will never I mean, forget, just to kind of illustrate that point, seeing Glassdoor supporting the Deftones and not knowing what songs they were playing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen them swallow Let Live, who were an incredible live band, mm. Three Trap Tiger. I mean, so many bands over the years. I've seen so many amazing bands support at Brixton and it just not really work. Um, so I was really pleasantly surprised. I mean, I did hear some people say, oh, the sound wasn't so great for it. I think when you've got a room as big as Brixton, there are going to be places where it sounds good and places where they aren't at yeah. the end of the day. Where well, we were, we were, we were upstairs, we were upstairs mm. and it sounded great. I thought, I thought it was really clear, um, really well defined. I think at first the vocals were a little bit loud, but that was sorted out pretty quickly. Mm. Um, and I think they did an amazing job. Yeah. Played songs almost exclusively from Time Will Die, which was interesting. It was mm. every song was from Time Will Die bar one, uh, which was Funeral, which they played from Grievances, mm. um, which I think totally makes sense. It's, you know, they just just feels like they're getting better and better with every record. Um and yeah, I just I just thought they did an amazing, amazing job. I thought it was excellent. And they seemed to get a really good response as well, I, think, I thought. Yeah, for, like, it sounded like, I mean, we were sat upstairs and I think actually I've only been upstairs at Brixton Academy twice, in three times in my entire time of going. I've been to fucking countless gigs there. I've only sat upstairs three times in time yeah. and this is the third time. And the sound is oddly always really good upstairs. It is actually, yeah. yeah it's yeah. making me think maybe I've missed a trick by going yeah. downstairs yeah. so yeah. many times. But um, because people were like, yeah, we were at the back of the standing bit and it sounded awful. But Tomasi sounded great from where I was stood. Yeah. And um, uh, a, a little a little tip if you're if you're underneath an overhang, so the balcony, you know, a lot in a lot of venues, the balcony comes out and mm-hmm. like you know the overhang bit. You're ne- it's ne- it's never going to sound good under there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. if you're if you're under the overhang, you're complaining about the sound being shit move forward yes <laughs> good advice that really. <laughs> yes um, because yeah, it's not so, good to sound good. <laughs> no that's not so um yeah i thought they were very good and yeah they did seem to get a good response there were a few people turning around who were like at first going oh my mate texted me and he said somebody was like that i expected them to sound like depeche mode they look like depeche mode and they sound like napalm death which is not true on either account really no uh so but you know i get what he's getting at you mm. look at them and you think oh they're not gonna be that heavy and then they're really fucking heavy mm. but then also they're not always really they can be really 
crystalline and some, shimmeringly I mean, beautiful at the same time. Some it was of those, a great set. Some of those songs are actually beautiful. Like yeah. uh, Contra Temps, I think. Oh God, I think Contra Temps is fast becoming my favourite Rolla Tomasi song. You know, just this massive epic. It just sounded absolutely huge. Yeah. Um, they were brilliant. I'm so pleased. They were yeah, fantastic. Really, good. really, really good. Um, Gojira are, for my money, comfortably the best live band. Probably the best metal band in the world right now. I think if you take in in heavy music, in kind of hardcore and metal, everyone knows how I feel about Code Orange. Or and if you don't, I like them a lot. Uh, <laughs> Code Orange and Gojira are absolutely the bands to beat in heavy music at the moment, as far as I'm concerned. I definitely agree with Gojira live. Um, okay. On record, I think they're more or less there, but but I want really? to see what wow, they do okay. next. That's that's yeah. I mean that's okay wow yeah yeah Hmm. i think do you know what um magma hasn't stayed with me as much as i thought it would really yeah Hmm. i i now listen to magma and i go there's a couple of fucking bangers on it and then but it feels very slight to me you know we were talking about baroness it's not the longest record no exactly and there's a few moments on it which are just you know either instrumental or whatever i don't i'm i'm never against brevity Renfrey. i'd rather be left hankering for more and i i think you know to be honest it magma is not my favorite gojira record yeah yeah. my second favorite gojira record probably not my third it's probably my joint third favorite gojira record um what's your favorite out of interest uh, it's from probably Mars. still from Mars, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck me. Just them coming on, Ouroboros into Backbone, into Stranded. Like, <sighs> yes, please. <laughs> fucking yeah. up. That, that, to me, is the spread of Gojira's entire... But like, you know, Ouroboros is like weird fucking... Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, you've got amazing. this absolutely hunk of a crushing riff. Yeah. This big, beefy hunk of a riff that just smashes your skull to a million pieces. And then you've got quite a kind of... Um, like a very sort of emotional, more more mainstream sounding, catchier um, song like "Stranded." It was a great, great start. It's funny you saying mainstream for "Stranded." I don't, I know what you well, mean. No, okay. You're not, you're not incorrect. But no, no, it's no, funny. No, no, no. Yeah, for yeah. for Gajira, it's definitely yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the hit almost. It's point, uh, it? it's got enough of a sort of groove or to like to well, make people. Wee wee? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's the whammy stuff that they do. It's fucking amazing. Backbone uh, just fucking annihilated me. I thought, and Backbone was the uh, beginning of the pyro, um, yeah. and <laughs> I actually. I actually, I was sitting next to Steve and I actually, the pyro went off. I actually turned to you and was like, whoa, (laughs) I was really excited by the pyro. Mm. Um, I mean, I'd sort of seen a similar sort of version of this set last year at Bloodstock. Yes. But I didn't expect them to bring it to Brixton. Apparently that is their festival pyro. Um, It's so big that uh, the, the previous day they were at Birmingham Academy and it was like, they said you can't use that pyro it's gonna scorch our ceiling kind of thing so um but uh it was very fucking cool and just the way when it was being used the way it was shooting out it was actually shooting out diagonally occasionally um i thought it was used as a part of the show very very well um and i think the show that like gajira have only just started uh in the grand scheme of things putting a show together and i think they're doing a pretty damn good job of it there are a couple of wibbly bits which i will get into in a moment but in terms of like the visuals and things they have some very kind of you know clear tool influence i think man i thought was it 
I, I can't remember what was it Flying Wells where they had the mountaintop and they did the kind of almost like the geezers spurting um I think it and, it, been, and yeah. it made it look like they were playing on it all the kind of smoke just sort of settled yeah it, it looked like they were playing on a mountain I thought that was there was an amazing effect actually where yeah it there was sort of the visuals had smoke but then there was actual smoke as well and it created mm. this very odd and there was, it, was, sort of, it, was it was like mountains and it was actually they it was all it became blue and it was like suddenly they'd created them playing on top of a mountain yeah above yeah. the clouds yeah yeah mate they're really good when <laughs> when i think when the show worked it worked extraordinarily well uh we actually we need to mention the lights don't well, we someone's put, yeah someone's put a beer on their lights apparently and fucked their light show so they had the same lighting sort of wash for about 40 minutes of the set yeah um it and didn't bother me well to be, i mean i didn't have a clue I, I considering you know we probably only saw like um three quarters of that show so because because their lighting plan had just and actually there was one point where i saw some sparks come from the um yeah, lighting rig, that, yeah and i <laughs> initially thought it was part of the show i thought it was a bit weird because like compared to the other pyros it seemed a bit weedy but i was like mm. oh whatever so yeah and then when when uh joe said that i was like oh right okay that's probably the lighting rig fucking up um yeah don't don't bring beer near the lighting rig you or the sound desk you fucking idiot. um just you know just as a general rule um but what's interesting about gojira is i don't think they need any of that shit anyway i don't think they do i don't think they need it because i mean i've seen them be absolutely mind-blown i mean the first time i saw them was on uh le fond sauvage actually mm. it took me a long time before i actually got to see them yeah and the i saw them actually. at i saw them at coco that was, uh, that was and they were unbelievable yeah. and they didn't have they didn't have any of that anything at all mm. just them and i just thought wow what an amazing live band and i don't think they need it but i do think that when oh, the it, show it's at its best it does di- add to it yeah i think the gift of guilt for example i absolutely loved i mean the gift of guilt is a really good example of how you can make the visuals a very something very simple but say something quite profound of it with it so there was just basically like these silhouettes of um characters like um adults giving a gift yeah. to a child and then that child becoming an adult and giving the gift there and you know just sort of saying how you're um through the generations almost through kind of hereditary means or genetics mm. it there were so many things that it said in quite a simple image and mm. it just really lifted it for me i think the gift of guilt may be my favorite gojira song anyway it's a great song so i was super fucking excited that they were playing it but like that re- uh, that will stay with me mm. and i will probably now associate those images with that song every time i hear it yeah. and that's when you have a great show yeah um i will th- one or two minor things i don't think confetti works with gojira uh I could thought that was quite funny. Didn't I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not dead <laughs> set against so it. So much confetti. It was a lot of confetti. I'm not dead set against it. I'm not like, oh fuck the confetti cannons. But it would, it just was like, huh? that was, it just felt odd. It seems to come out an odd place. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just, it's just, conf- you know, Green Day confetti, absolutely. Gajira confetti, eh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I mean, meh, it's not the worst thing in the world, but um. It was actually quite an interesting set as well, wasn't it? They played three songs from Terry Incognita, yeah. which is their first album. And, um, you know, no offence to the record. It, they were still sort of finding their feet. And there's definitely a couple of songs on that record, which are like, this does not sound like Gojira now. Hmm. Um, and those songs sounded great, but 
I don't think Terror Incognita is anyone's favourite Gajira album, realistically. No, I don't. But then... But... Um, but, hey, I thought that was great, actually. I, I, I do... No, I do agree. I actually. thought it was really good. And you did go, oh, yeah, fuck me. Listen to how they used to sound. And it's a bit like, you know, for long, long time fans. I mean, I got into them on, from Master Sirius. Mm. And I, you know, I've never been a, a massive fan of the material from before that record, really, because that one was so good. It's a yeah. bit like, well do i need these and then they you know um but i guess there'll be people who a bit like we were bemoaning employed to serve not playing stuff from greater than you remember yeah yeah i'd like something from greater than you remember i bet there's a whole bunch of people who are like why i no i, I i'm not necessarily saying it as a crit as a criticism i was just like it's an yeah. interesting choice i think um the the, the a massive issue with terry and Cognita and um the link are are the production sounds weedy compared to yes. what they had before. Mm. So when you hear those songs live, it's kind of cool because it makes you sort of reassess them and it, it you can hear them how they were supposed to sound, I suppose. I mean, Blow, Away, Blow Me Away Universe is a song which has never caught my attention at all, particularly until I saw it live mm. last uh, Sunday. And fuck me, it sounded, it sounded like the venue was caving in on itself. Yeah. It was fucking incredible. Yeah, that was a real, that was a real highlight, that wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. And the visuals behind it were just... And the next... The, uh, yeah, the visuals were incredible. Very hypnotic, very mm. tall. Yeah. Um, and I, I went back to the album the next day and, like, it, it doesn't sound the same. But it made me go back to that record and I hadn't heard it for a few years. Mm. So, like, that was quite interesting. Um, one more. One more downer. I know Mario Duplantier is a phenomenal drummer. I don't ever want to hit, see a drum solo ever again. In no, my life. I don't either. But I mean, if anyone's going to do it, I guess Mario Duplantier can do it. Sure. He's really, because I, I was about to say, how fucking good is Mario Duplantier? He's amazing. I am not taking anything away from his but yeah. playing, but I just, I, I don't want to see anyone ever. Drum, drum solos solo. in general are shit. And, and Gajira do seem to do them every single show. Yeah. He loves it, obviously. He loves it. He and I mean, you know. It's better, than if, Robin, it's better than Robin Kirk absolutely <laughs> absolutely it's better than robin kirk um and and it's not like it's boring it's just you know i'd rather have another gajira song thank you yeah, very sure. much mm. um but overall yeah just as usual fucking incredible like yeah, proper really good nine out of ten at least i was thinking what is this the best metal show i've seen this year like metal mm. Behemoth, Behemoth is the only one. Oh yeah, Behemoth. Behemoth is the only one which Behemoth is making me go. Behemoth the other band oh. that I was thinking. I think Code Orange, Behemoth, and Gojira are at this moment. They're the bands who are knocking it out of the park, mm. like live. I think with a couple of days reflection, I would just take Behemoth. I Gajira think Behemoth felt more. I mean, slither. I think. I, I'd agree, and I think it's because Behemoth have never. I know, but you know, Gajira have never played Brixton Academy before. But Gajira, uh, they, they did on that Jägermeister tour thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course, they did. yeah. But, I saw that as well. I yeah. can't believe I forgot that. But they, but they were they, they, they so, subbed to yeah. Ghost, yeah. And it's a big for them to headline. It's that them headline. It's yeah. a big deal. But for Behemoth, that was a re that was a super big deal for just the extreme metal in general. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, you were there the night before as well, weren't you? Oh yes, I went to see Weezer. Mm -hmm on their Black Album tour. Now, I've spoilt this for you already, but yeah. just play along with me. Um, <laughs> it's uh, So it's the Black Album tour. How many songs do you think they play from the Black Album, Steve? Oh, um, I mean, I know, but I'll <laughs> pretend I don't. Two? 
They didn't play any songs from no. the Black Album. What? What, what? a surprise! I believe it. Amazing. This guy went to drama school, and you can tell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was not a very good one. <laughs> um, is he? He's fifteen. He's fifteen. That's it quite a good 15. one. I thought. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, you've lost none of your uh, skills. Um, it, it, Weezer to steal one of your phrases. Know where their bread is buttered. It's true that, isn't it? And, and it's not on the Black Album. <laughs> it's not on the Black Album. Um, any band that comes out and plays their, by far their biggest hit first for a set, I admire. And Weezer, yeah, come, cool, Weezer coming out and going straight into Buddy Holly, I just thought was fucking amazing. I was just in seventh heaven. It was incredible. They played... A ton of songs from Blue, including Buddy Holly, My Name is Jonas, Under the Sweat Song, um, Surf Wax America, In the Garage. They played four songs from Pinkerton, Why Bother, El Scorcho, which might be my favourite Weezer song ever. Maybe mine as well. Um, uh, Pink Triangle. There's nothing like singing I'm Dumb, She's a Lesbian, along with 4,000 other people. <laughs> it's fucking great. Wouldn't know. <laughs> Um, you will be thrilled to know that they did a few Teal album uh, songs. Thrilled I didn't go. <laughs> yeah, um, I, 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 I guess live, that's okay. I, it, it Take on me sounded great, or take in me, as I said on Twitter. Yeah. Thanks for people pointing that out. Um, and Happy Together, I mean, that's such a great song anyway. They went into a snippet of Longview by Green Day did as well, they? which was a bit random mm. on that. Um, and uh, there's also No Scrubs by TLC, which I'm not completely convinced by. It's really weird watching a white man deliver that song. Um, I, I, I'm just, you know, it's just strange. Toto, obviously, the Africa cover. Obviously. See, I wouldn't have minded that. Um, it was just a fantastic greatest hits set. You know, they did Thank God for Girls from the White Album as well. Pork and Beans from Red. You know, it was just... Almost every single song was just like, yes. Yeah, they do pick a good set list, Weezer, for all of their recent faults, of yeah. which there are many. Yeah. Um, they know how to pick a good set list, so fair play to them on that score. I was I was kind of almost ready to tear them apart because, you know, like, I think tickets for this show were 60 quid, which is asking for a lot for Weezer, yeah. I think. Um, but in terms of just, like, entertain, I mean, every three or four minutes, I was just like, oh, yes. You yeah. know, it was really... Very, very entertaining. Mm. Sound was a bit rubbish, which was a bit of a shame. Um, but, you know, I, I I never have a bad time when I go and see Weezer live, I have no. to say. I, I, people have said in the past that they've been bad and I've never seen them be bad. No, I don't think I have either. No. Um, people go, oh, you're quite hit and miss, aren't they, Weezer? And it's like, well, I don't think they are. On record, I'm, definitely. On record, yeah, but live. But people, live. People go, oh, live, you know, they can be great one week and then shite the next. And it's like, mm, I've no, maybe I've just been really lucky. <sighs> this was up there with one of the best Weezer shows I've seen, and I've seen them a lot now. Um, I think there was one time I saw them at Brixton Academy, maybe five, six, uh, probably even longer than that, where they played like nine songs from Blue and seven from Pinkerton. And I was just basically in seventh heaven. But other than that, this may well be my favorite Weezer show. It was wow. really fucking good. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, well Actually, done, the, Weezer. The, the worst time I've ever seen Weezer was the first time I saw them when they played Reading Festival in 1996. And they only had the Blue Album out at that point. Yeah. And they played some stuff from Pinkerton. They did, didn't they? It came out. Yeah. The deluxe edition has uh, some of those uh, Pinkerton performances from, from yeah. that Reading show. They're very 
scratchy. Yeah, and they got um, mud chucked at them and they just had through a hissy fit. Yes, yes, yes. Th- yeah. That is actually captured on the... Uh, is it? Oh, good. Yeah. I'd like to listen back to that. Maybe oh, I will. Um, you also went to... Now, again, I was going to go and see Wilhaven and I didn't. I was gutted to miss Wilhaven, but, you know, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they were uh, fantastic. Just very quickly, want to talk about the venue because I've never been before. 229. I don't, yeah, I don't know that venue. Yeah, it's um, on Great Portland Street and it's just nice to have a... Which is, you know, quite central London. Apologies to be London-centric for a second. But there were very few, you know, because of uh, Crossrail and all sorts of rents going Fuckers. up and all that sort of shit. Um, there are very few cent- uh, very few venues left in central London now. Um, mm. So it's nice to have a new venue which has sort of sprung up and uh, is actually catering to that. And it's really nice. Nice high stage. Um, it's about 600 cap. Um, cool. It's cool. So I was happy to see that. Uh, Condra supported. Yeah. Um, as usual, just usual. fucking great. Just filling, fucking brilliant. Yeah. Filling the old Condra were good. Oh, yeah, they were great, you know, as usual. Um <laughs> Just leave it there, really. We've reviewed them so many times <laughs> live. Do you know what I mean? And, then you know, all you need to know is they're one of the best heavy bands, bands. in the underground UK scene right now, you know. Yeah. And and if you haven't got on board yet, uh, A, sort yourself out, or B, you're not going to. So, you know, they were just fucking amazing. Will Haven came out and played, what, like five songs from Carp DM? Yeah, Carp, five songs from Carp DM. Oh, did they? Uh, the title track, Dressed in Nightclothes, Alpha Male, Dolph Lundgren, and uh, Miguel and Coronto La Fair Otra Vez. <laughs> did they? Um, which for oh. me was just like, yes! Carp DM's my favourite record. And I no think bats? It's... Sorry? No bats? No, Boom. no bats. Um, Carp DM's... My favourite record is yours is WHVN, isn't it? No, no, mine is El, El Diablo. Diablo. It did oh hit my <laughs> You really pounded <laughs> really your thigh. My thigh. You? <laughs> yeah, like a panto dame. <laughs> like a panto dame, like a like Robin Hood. Like Melinda Messenger playing Robin Hood. I am I am auditioning at the moment, <laughs> if uh, anyone's interested. Come on, kids, um, it's El Diablo. <laughs> You've seen your fate. It's behind you. <laughs> they played Stick Up Kid Ego's game, and I've seen my fate from Great. Um, I mean, uh, they they do usually do that. There's so yeah. many songs. That's just the first three songs on that album. Yeah, yeah. So many more that they could play. Yeah, I agree. I I I, I climb I, out this battle. <laughs> that's just Tim Armstrong. I don't know why. Yeah, I was a bit like, why? Um, I haven't seen Will Haven since they initially split up so they played last time they they played the same night as slayer uh, yeah so mm. i was at slayer and 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 even the when they were playing on uh void void dire um i kept missing them for whatever reason um and um i was just excited to see them again to be honest yeah. i was just so like oh my god how like, good are they still though like physically as very well. very good i was very happy with like their performance grady's still going Fucking eight. They go mad. Yeah. They're still like, yeah. they're physically, there's not many bands who, we used to, like Will Haven, the thing about them is always like, they throw themselves around so much. Yeah, they really do. And they do. still do. Yeah. I thought they were really, very, very good. Uh, I really, really enjoyed enjoyed it. I, I, I think if I'd seen them, it does feel like they play the same stuff every time. You're just having a little look at my set list. I mean, is that kind of the sort of thing that they were doing Last time you saw them, uh, yeah, there's more a few, or less. There's a, you know, a good, there's still a few from uh, Nurta. Mm. Is that you say? I don't yeah, know you say but yeah, 
but yeah i will say they played three songs from murder which is their new album i would have happily heard had more from murder well, i did see them saying they play the same thing all the time i saw them when voir dire came out they yeah. played it in full oh and fuck they, and they played it in full and then they came out and they did a kind of six song encore of you know um uh i've seen my fate carpe diem um uh, I think it'd be Javorsky. Right. And um, maybe that's an unfair thing for me to say then. Yeah. Um, it just, it just, I mean, yeah, they played like six songs from the sort of that, that, that period, that period. I think they played, um, cause I, I fucking love, I think they played Rut from the self-titled oh, EP, which shit. I fucking love. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong with that. Then. I mean, but I've only seen them twice, mm. so I'm the last person to be able to comment on that. But, um, but uh, no, it was it was really great. I, I, like I say, if anything, the only thing I would say is I think just have a bit more um, uh, courage in your new material, really, because mm. I, you know, I, coming on and playing five songs from Carp DM, that is fucking awesome. Mm. But you know, the new stuff's great as well. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, they were brilliant. Good. Um, there is, is one more. Go on, Convoyage. I. I fucking love Converge. Mm. <laughs> That's an obvious thing to Did say. Did you get Candy? Uh, candy pulled out okay. um, a few days prior. So I was a little bit gutted about that. I would have gone along... F- Converge always put brilliant bills together. Yeah. And when whenever they come to town, I do try and go get there for doors and like see the whole thing. Um, there's been a lot going on this week. Um, so, yeah. so I, I basically... When, I was really keen to see Candy um, and the other bands I didn't really know that Sect. well. I Sect and Terra and, and then and Candy were replaced by someone else who I can't remember. I imagine they were great, apart from Terra, who don't really do anything for me. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can tell you what uh, what Terra were like, and I wasn't even there. Um, I, I, I imagine they were fantastic because Converge always put great bills together. But you know, it's been a it's been a tough week. So. Um, so I did only just get there for Converge, but I didn't realise how much I've missed. The last few times I've seen Converge, I've seen them do sort of album full album shows and stuff like that. And there's been the Blood Moon stuff. and things. Yeah. I forgot how much I missed Converge coming out and just going for the jugular, mm. um, which is exactly what they did. And... Um, I mean, this set list is just unbelievable. They, they played a lot from All We Love, We Leave Behind, which I know is an album that you're, you know, you like it a lot, but it's you're kind of ho-hum about it. Yeah, it's my least favourite Converge record. Well, it's better than Hayley in a Haystack, and it's probably on par with, like, Petitioning the Empty Sky, I would say. Okay. Um, that is not my view, I have to say. I, I It might be my like my fourth favourite Converge really? record. I really like it. Yeah, okay. I really got behind it. But like, there was one point where they played Glacial Pace, followed by Sadness Comes Home, followed by Runaway, followed by Predatory Glow, followed by the title track from All We Love, We Leave Behind. So that was like five songs in a yeah. row of All We Love, We Leave Behind. They started with a single tear from The Dusk Is Up In Us, going into Dark Horse, going into Aimless Arrow, oh. which just felt like oh, it was stop. just like... I, oh, it was just wonderful. Um, Aimless Arrow is a is a great song. I, although I know it's from, as I say, it's yeah. from that album. That's probably one of the best songs on that record. Yeah, I think. yeah, definitely. But there was a lot of kind of. So they played Forsaken from Petitioning the Empty Sky, which I've not okay. seen for ages, which was just really, really very powerful. And then Cutter into Locust Rain. 
I've, do you know what I mean? I was about to say, because Locust Rain was kind of always a staple there set early oh, yeah. on. Yeah. And then it went away for a bit. And yeah. I'm always like, oh, you should it's play Locust Rain. It, it's a bit like when, when for me, I don't know if anyone else feels like this, but it's a bit like when, when um, Converge Not Playing Locust Rain is a bit like when Lamb of God don't play Black Label. Mm. I'm always like, you got to, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not do Black Label anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Come I on. agree. I agree. So it's so nice to have it back. But, you know, a lot of these songs that I'm naming drop out Eagles become vultures, Black Cloud. They're the Black ones Cloud. that. Oh. Yeah. They're the ones that, you know oh, what I mean by that? They're the right. ones that go for the jugular. Yeah. It felt like they were really like, let's just fucking hit them hard now. Mm. And I forgot how much I missed that from Converge. I'm really like, I love them experimenting a bit and doing some bits and pieces like Blood Moon and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was really nice to have the Converge that I recall you know seeing most of the time back mm. um and then you know uh, an encore of the broken vow and concubine yes please Good. um it's, it's concubine's an odd song to end with i think i've seen him end with it before and it just sort of ends because it just yeah. ends and normally goes into fault and fracture but i do kind of love that about it because they just they yeah. just end it and then they're just like yeah bye yeah. <laughs> you know and it, and you're just left kind of stunned i took to bring it back to what we were talking about earlier, Stormzy did that. He's just ended. He was like, Stormzy headliner Glastonbury 20, 2019 and just threw the mic down and walked off. Like the song just stopped dead and he was gone. There was none of that like, and yeah, I do like it sometimes when bands do that. Yeah. I mean, particularly to do that at the headlining Glastonbury is a bit different to doing it headlining yeah. at the Electric Ballroom. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is, it can be cool. But yeah, Converge, just being Converge. Um, mm. In terms of like, you're talking about Will Haven moving around like crazy. I mean, you know, Converge, mm. never don't put 100% in. And yeah. Um, yeah, they're just another band who are never shit live, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. True that. So but it'll it, be good next time they come around and yeah. I'll make sure I see that. I would say it was particularly good though, the Electric Borum shows. <sighs> right. Sorry, sorry. To, no just, well, I'm just, okay, no problem, that's fine. Um, all right, let's do some album reviews and then uh, get out of here. So, um, Can I shout out my art? tangent thing again very very quickly. oh yes of course we should I do that i just want to remind people that it's the best festival in the world and you can get 10 percent off if you type riot into the checkout or with capital r or riot act or one word capital r capital a 10 percent off that is about 10 pounds i think so 90 pounds <laughs> to see carried in cambria yeah, Meshuggah, battles. daughters battles it's 30 quid a day yeah, it's fucking unbelievable. It's good value, very, very good value, and we thank them for their support. And we'll be there. One of the, the best little festival in the UK, according um, to the UK Festival Awards, and according they know to me, uh, <laughs> so um, it's the best. So there you go. Thanks to them. Um, we should do some reviews and start with the new record from Tom York, which just kind of dropped out of nowhere, didn't it? As records he's, have a tendency to do, yeah. Uh, so this came out last Friday. It's called Anima. It's the third solo album from the Radiohead frontman. No, we are not counting the Suspiria original soundtrack. No, we're not. That doesn't count. No. That's I thought you were going to say we're not counting uh, Atoms of Peace. Do you oh, remember right. that project? He did. He had Flea on bass and they played the Roundhouse. I think the album was called A Mock. 
You're looking very confused. I don't remember you that don't at remember all. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, um, okay. Okay, fine. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's fair to say this is the third. But this is the third, yeah. Um, but it is kind of a soundtrack as well, well sort it of, is, to the short yeah. film uh, of the same name directed by P.T. Anderson of There Will Be Blood, there Will Be Blood and Boogie Nights fame. Yeah. He also did Magnolia. Magnolia, The Master, Drunk, Phantom Love. Thread, Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. What do you think of Punch Drunk Love? Everyone, you're supposed to love it because it's the best Adam Sandler film, but I actually don't really rate it. I don't, I I don't get it. Crap. I think Paul Thomas Anderson is brilliant, generally. Mm. There Will Be Blood and Magnolia are fucking unbelievable. Well, um, Boogie Nights is Boogie Nights is brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, Boogie Nights is brilliant. Um, mm. He's but, good. Yeah, he's a phenomenal director. Mm. Um, you've seen the short film. I have, yes. Um, it's a very interesting, it's kind of a contemporary dance piece, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw that people were saying it's Tom York's acting debut in a P.T. Anderson film. And I was like, oh, great. And then I watched it and I thought... I wouldn't necessarily say he's been in music videos. And this is yeah. essentially a long 15 minute long music video for uh, b- snippets of this album. I'd agree. I'd agree. It's not even snippets. It's actually three full songs. Yeah. It's um, not the news traffic and dawn chorus. Mm. Uh, really a short film isn't incorrect, but really it is three promos that have a through line mm-hmm. sp- Bloshed together, really. Yeah. Um, but three promos directed by one of the best directors, film directors in the world. Mm. Do you know about the Anima and the Animus? No. This I is know the... that um, Animus is the Venom Prison record. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a Carl Jung um, theory about it, uh, how the animus is the unconscious masculine side of a woman, and the anima is the unconscious feminine side of a man. Oh, right. Uh, with each transcending the personal sort of psyche. Um, oh, so, so you know, with this album being called Anima, I suppose, <laughs> I, I, I suppose it's sort of Tom York looking at his more feminine side, mm-hmm. which does kind of make a bit more sense. Uh, certainly, the more that I read into this um, album, the more. I got out of it, which I think you could say for most Tom York slash Radiohead stuff. Yeah. Um, upon initial listen, it, it it didn't do an awful lot for me. I was just kind of like, oh, it's another, you know, Tom York solo electronic album mm. along with the same lines as The Eraser. Which do you I, like those records? I, I liked The Eraser. Yeah, um, see, I... The thing is, you come on here and you go, oh, I like that. But then you think, well, the truth is, I remember thinking, oh, this is quite good. And then never, ever, ever listening to it ever again. Um, I pop back to the Eraser from time to time. Yeah, um, what I would say is it, it really made me think about his solo stuff. Because, like I say, when I, when I first put this on, I was just like, oh, it's just another one of these him being wibbly wobbly electronica sort of things. Yeah. But then I watched the film and then I looked into sort of the concept of the album and like how it's about sort of being in a subconscious dream state. It's about dreaming quite a lot and how you're sort of there, but not there because you're in this subconscious state and all this kind of thing. And I thought the music actually reflected that really well because it sort of feels like it's there, but floaty and ethereal. And that Mm. all kind of made sense to me. Um, And I thought it was an interesting concept, which was, which meant the music meant a lot more to me the more I read up about the record. And obviously the short film, you know, basically starts with this very choreographed 
there's a there's Tom York with a bunch of dancers on the on a sort of underground and they're doing that thing where you kind of like you're you're falling asleep and you your head, your head just like down, yeah. yeah your head goes down and you realize you're falling but it's all very choreographed and done in it a, looks great though. it looks really really good and mm. the, it's filmed in a I mean I really enjoyed that 15 minute yeah, film it it's on good. um Netflix it's on Netflix yeah so you can go and check it out yourself you know, it's cool. I'd, I'd rather that than um, just another fucking promo video. I mean, Radiohead mm. and Tom York tend to do fucking awesome promo videos anyway. Well, my favourite video is the Just, just video. Yeah, it's fucking I absolutely brilliant. love. And there was a touch of... It did actually... I wouldn't say there was nods... You know, I wouldn't say there was nods to it, but it did... Or thematically, it was that similar. But it did remind me a bit of just... It just felt a bit like... Just, um, just a bit I thought do you know what I mean it had the same sort of um, like this kind of uh, world weary dystopian um, paranoia sort of feeling and vibe that sort of has permeated through all of his work yeah basically yeah, <laughs> certainly yeah. since OK Computer yeah um, I mean I would say you know, if you're not interested, if you're one of those Radiohead fans who are like, oh, the Benz is the best record that they've ever done. Great record. But, you know, if you don't like anything from Kid A onwards, there's going to be nothing here for you whatsoever. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, I mean, in terms of like looking into it more and more and getting more out of it, there's a song called Twist, which is like seven minutes in length. And like mm. the first couple of times I listened to it, it was just sort of there in the background. It didn't really do anything for me. And then when I'd heard about this anima animus thing, halfway through the song, it, it has, it, it's, it's very much two parts, that song. And it started making me think, is this, is one part representing anima and then animus? And it just started making me think about it more, started making me listen to the song more intently, I suppose, mm. which I probably should have been doing anyway because I was reviewing <laughs> it. But, you know, it, I think sometimes people hear the themes of a Radiohead record or a Tom York record and it just makes them go, that sounds like a load of wank. Or they get on board with it and go, okay, that's quite interesting. And then try and search for answers themselves and dive into it and use a bit of imagination themselves. And I think that's, that's when you get something out of those albums, when you're trying to sort of piece a puzzle together and, and yeah. figure out exactly what it's about. And my theory about twist may be totally wrong, but it's now good it's good that you've had something. To, I mean, cause to be honest, I didn't read up about this. I didn't know anything about it. I enjoy this record for musically for what it is. What it is, yeah. 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 And that's it. But I don't have any sort of theology behind I didn't know the kind of any of that stuff. So now I think maybe I might even enjoy it even more with that in my in my head. Well that's the thing. I feel like I feel like that's great art when you mm. kind of it's that thing of like the more you put into it, the more you get out of it, you know. And I think you can say that of the majority of Tom York's stuff whether it be Radiohead or whatever it is. You know, there's Radiohead albums, which I'm not too bothered about. But, you know, that's maybe because I've not properly delved into them mm. properly, you know. Um, and I, I just think it really did very little for me on the first two, three lessons. But then after reading up all about this stuff, I was just like, this is a far more interesting record than it appears to be at first. Um, I mean, if you don't like, if you're familiar with Tom York's, 
solo stuff and you, you didn't like the Eraser or Tomorrow's Modern Boxes, I don't think there's going to be anything here for you particularly. Um, but I think it's, you know, I think it's a pretty decent record. It all kind of molded into one for me initially, but, but the more I listen to it, the more um, songs are kind of... Uh, came out as sort of highlights. So I think Dawn Chorus, for example. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, you know, uh, I, I, re- I really like this record. Mm. I think maybe I needed something which is just that you can put on in the background and it kind of is both sort of calming and melancholic and Absolutely. all that. And, and it's, it's, got all that. Of, it's got all of those things on it. But in terms of a song kind of grabbing you and actually sort of getting into your psyche, I think Dawn Chorus really like really did do that for me. Like I think that's a really, really brilliant song. It's excellent. And I think it, yeah. again, there's a seems there's a there's a, a trend at the moment between the two of us of going mid sections of albums yeah. are really good. And again, Dawn Chorus, I'm a very rude I'm a very rude person, not the news in particular. Those three back to back, which yeah. kind of is the is precisely the middle section of this record. Yes. I think is is the highlight. Um I'm glad you've mentioned I'm a very rude person actually, mm. because that was another song that uh, upon an initial listenings didn't do an awful lot for me but then I kind of like looked into it a bit more and looked at the lyrics and I think what I am a very rude person is talking about is um it's talking about this sort of culture of social media and like how horrible we can be to people just because we've got this screen in front of us which is yeah. sort of almost acting as a barrier and making us say things that we shouldn't be saying so it's got lyrics like i have to be rude to your face and i'm going to watch your party die you know and given the context of the album i just feel like it's yeah it's about the way that we interact with each other over social media and then that just made me go okay i like it now because mm. <laughs> i kind of i feel like i get it you know mm. um yeah i feel like i interrupted you yeah, no, 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 no. That that was it, really. I do. I just think the midsection is is good, but not that anything else on it isn't good. But particularly twist, like you say, um, it all transitions really brilliantly from yeah. that sort of. That I do think the first three are fairly. Not I don't. What's the word? Not bog standard, but certainly they they're not as. That I don't chorus. I'm a very person, and not a news. Was the first time where I went. This album is sort of reaching out to me Agreed. i think it takes a little yeah. while before it really reaches out to you maybe I that's agree. just because um it takes a while to get going or maybe that, that i don't know if that's a deliberate stylistic decision on tom york's part or if it's just hearing the album at first it takes you a little while before you as a listener are ready to sort of accept it, it into your mind i mean i'm not sure i i i feel more the latter i feel like you have to tune yourself into it mm um for the first sort of five to ten minutes of the record but then once you do uh, yeah i I, like i think it's very good and it makes me you know it made me go back to the eraser and be like oh yeah the eraser is really good as well tomorrow's modern boxes when that came out you know for whatever reason i just wasn't uh, yeah i listened to it once i think and then just haven't listened to it again and it's it's making me think I really should go back to that record and actually properly look into like what it's about and try it. Cause I might actually get more out of it if I did that. And I think anima could have very easily been another tomorrow modern boxes. If I hadn't, you know, I didn't have to review tomorrow's mod tomorrow's modern boxes. So mm. I didn't try to look into it anymore, but um, yeah, it's just that classic thing of like, you know, put some time and effort into it. It almost mm. feels like, I mean, this is going to sound like a dickish thing to say, but it's almost like people who don't like Radiohead or don't get it probably don't because they don't 
put much effort <laughs> into it. Yeah, the Probably. scumbags. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but I'm sure and, there's and, a lot of people who've just unsubscribed to this yeah, podcast and, now. Uh, but it's true. And uh, and Tom York sounds fucking fantastic. When fantastic, his voice when his yeah. voice comes in, I mean, you know, like we said about Robert Smith earlier, I would put Tom York in that category as well. Someone who you know, his vocally still sounds absolutely just so. Recon- instantly recognisable such and a distinct voice yeah. and I mean saying Tom York sounds great is like saying the sun's hot but you know yeah mm. they were not to disparage what you just said but yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah but I mean to still sound this good yeah. fucking 25 years in yeah. it's not easy yeah yeah uh, anyway, that's um, Anima by Tom York. It is out right bloody now. So our next album also came out last week as well. Uh, it's Let's Rock, <laughs> the I'm sure not ironically titled um, <laughs> album by the Black Keys, the ninth album from the blues rock duo. Are they still a duo? Yeah, they're still a duo. Officially. They're very much they're very much a duo on this album actually. Oh, okay. Um, Let's Rock is in, in quotation marks as well. Oh, so, is it? Yeah. So I feel like it probably is ironic. Right. Although saying that, saying that, I mean, I, I have to say, I don't know how you feel about the Black Keys, Renfrey, but for me, um, I in my sort of, when I was talking about the Killers earlier, I think I've spoken at length before regarding my little indie phase, mm-hmm. and the Black Keys are a band who I kind of got into around two thousand and three, maybe ah, okay, two thousand two, yep. two thousand three. So early on, I mean, you know, and and I, I, I actually really liked everything they did up to and including Brothers. So the early really, I mean, particularly the big come up and Rubber Factory, I think are fucking great. And that's definitely like this band sound like a duo, really bluesy, yes. super, super scuzzy, well yes. lo-fi. Yeah. Um, by the time they got up to Brothers, you know, they were being played on Hollyoaks and they were sort of subheadlining Glastonbury and they weren't really, they might have been a duo as a band, but live you'd go and see them and be organ and yeah. harmonica and drum, another drummer and percussion and fucking Hammond organ. Did I always say Hammond organ? I think I did. Yeah. Um, well, Danger Mouse came on board, didn't he? Yeah. Who is a producer we've talked about a lot, a producer I'm very, very fond of generally. Um I mean, I, I I do love that scuzzy stuff that they did back in the day, but I do, I also fucking love Danger Mouse. Um, and I love yeah. the psychedelic, more experimental um, flourishes that he gives the Black Keys. I think their partnership is really good. The fact that they work together, wasn't it from the Magic Potion to uh, the last record, Turn Blue? I think Danger Mouse has produced every one of those records. I, I believe. Do you know what? I couldn't give you a definitive answer to that question. I believe that's the but case. I know but he's people been will there tweet for us. a while. Yeah, he's, yeah. Been, he's been there for a while. He definitely did. I mean, definitely up until, because Al Camino was the last one that I actually paid attention to, mm-hmm. to be honest, because I think it, that came out when I was on a Team Rock Radio. And I was a bit like, ah, this has gone a little bit too far beyond into the realms of sort of classic rock dad rock like you know those bluesy rival sons and that sort of mm-hmm, thing although mm-hmm. maybe a bit more nme than that and i was like oh, i don't know if i like this anymore i have to say um so you you know half our sort of how i feel about black keys i um some of their albums i love mm. and some of their albums i think are fine basically right. um but quite unusually oh, i suppose this isn't unusual for me going against the grain I feel like the albums that have done very, very well, like Brothers, for example, is a relatively straight ahead record. Yeah. And Brothers is the one that made them super massive, mm-hmm. as is El Camino, which just continues mm-hmm. their um, ascent, I think. 
Um, and th- those records interest me far less Certainly. than, for example, Attack and Release, yeah. which I think is fucking excellent. Yeah. M- Magic Potion might be my favourite. I would also say if you've not checked out Turn Blue, uh, which was actually their last album before this was released, I think Turn, Turn Blue is a really psychedelic, experimental, very Danger Mouse-esque record. Okay. And I, <laughs> I loved it something that I found quite interesting is, you know, I popped onto Metacritic just to see how the albums have done. And the ones that do less critically well are my favorite ones. Um, The, the, the album, which has the uh, lowest score on Metacritic. Amazingly, I couldn't quite believe this is magic potion, which I think is nonsense. Cause that, do you know what? It's either Magic Potion or Turn Blue are my favourite Black Keys records. Really? But that is not a, p- a popular opinion. Most people will go Brothers or El Camino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brothers is I too think, long. Yeah, um, Brothers. I mean, Brothers is the point where I went, uh, this is yeah. good still, but it's not really what I want. No, yeah. It's got a couple of like really cool pop songs on it. And, and, and actually, I think it's important to... I guess acknowledge um, when a band changes and becomes more commercial, uh, if they can still do that within if they can still if, if they become commercial but yet the songs are still catchy enough for them to go okay well this is a definitely a different thing to what i used to listen to when they first came out but the songwriting's really good and it's got enough of you know the lineage of what they used to do that i'm going to allow it i mean i'm thinking of I guess to use Green Day again as an example, I'm, mm. I guess something like Warning by Green Day is not my mm-hmm. favourite Green Day album, but it still sounds enough like Green Day to me to yep. be like a decent record. Yeah, I mean, yep. I don't really listen to it very much, but but yeah, um, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Whereas uh, with this, I mean, this is a, a it has been called an homage to the electric guitar. Yes, and a, a simple, a more kind of a simpler Black Keys uh, return to the kind of. Um, I guess a sort of scuzzy garage rock T-Rex sort of sound that they've got going on in this. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, um, you know, I've done all of that build up uh, saying I prefer the experimental stuff just effectively. So I could say this is black keys stripped back and Mm. simple. I mean, it's in the title. Let's rock. You know, that, that's kind of what it is. Um, and, um, it's, uh, it's quite good. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's quite good. I think it's quite good. Yeah, I think it's quite good. It, it's not my favourite Black Keys record. It's not going to no, be no, no, because no, no. because I like them when they're doing, when they're adding accoutrements and doing all sorts mm. of things and those weird but kind of things. You know, again, at, at this point, they are, what if they played, say they played Glastonbury, big bands playing Glastonbury now, third down on the pyramid, maybe sub-headlining, maybe, depending on other stuff, maybe not sub, maybe after the last... It's One. difficult. Uh, they've been away. I I didn't re- even realise this is their first back uh, record back after hiatus. Yeah. But the thing is, is the Black Keys pump out so much stuff so quickly. They've actually only been away for five years, which for the Black Keys is a really long time. Um, but um, it does feel like that only people who are massive, massive devotees of the band have even noticed they've been away, to be yeah. totally honest. And even when they were away, like they did a couple of like solo bits and pieces and things mm. like that so their work um load is absolutely incredible um but you know uh, listening to this record i just kind of I, I really like it i like it when it's on it's very pleasant to listen to it's sort of 38 minutes which is you know how long 
I think these Rock records albums should be. Well, I think it's how long these records should be, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah. And you know, no disrespect. I mean, no disrespect to brothers, but it is one of those weird ones where it's like, why is that the biggest Black Keys record? Because there's a lot wrong with it, uh, in my opinion. But um I just feel like it's a solid album without being any in any way remarkable, really. It it's good. Yeah, me too. I mean uh, what uh, better than Raconteurs from last week because we obviously spoke about the Raconteurs last week and I think this is this again has highlighted my problem with the Raconteurs that, like it's, it's there's nothing special about it there's nothing memorable about it it's nothing bad whereas this I can at least go shine a little light and then you know like tell me lies tell me all your sweet <laughs> like I, you know I could probably sing you the choruses to five or six of these songs and I've only really listened to I've only you know it's only been out on Friday and yeah. um and I've only listened to it um, four, four or five times. Mm-hmm. And I can probably remember half the songs. And again, like you say, that doesn't necessarily mean they are good songs. Mm-hmm. But I think in the prism of let's make a rock record, I think you do want to have memorable songs like that. And I think these songs are catchy and jaunty and sing along enough that I imagine they will sound really good in a big field in the sun on a festival yeah, set. Yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's probably what line. they've been built for. Mm. I think um, I I do prefer the Raconteurs record. And um, what I would say is I think this is a more consistent album. It's it. I'd say this album is consistently pretty good. Whereas the Raconteurs album sometimes dips below pretty good, but its highs are far higher for my money. Um, and it's a, you know, the Raconteurs album, as I've just sort of explained, uh, you know, it's not a big surprise that I tend to prefer more experimental music, which is doing uh, more to my ears, interesting things. But is that, I mean, I just, maybe it's because I've, again, at this point, I've completely forgotten what the Raconteurs album sounds like. I'm like, is it experimental? It's just, they're just a rock band. Um, I think, I think for that. I think considering the commercial realms that they are in, I think it's a, it sounds experimental for those. I don't think it's experimental in the way that a Neurosis record is experimental. No, no, but I, I mean... But I reckon if you looked at, you know, I don't know if the Raconteurs album's charted, but I reckon if it's in the top 40 and you looked at the other albums in there, I reckon compared to everything else in there... Well, compared to Lizzo and it, fucking... Yeah. Yeah. Well. It's going to sound pretty... It's probably one of the most experimental records in that chart that is a damning indictment of popular music i have to say it is but then we've never you know champion i mean we've never been massive champions of popular music anyway i'm just saying that you know like how how sad that that's the the case i mean i i agree i don't think that um the raconteurs album from what i can remember i mean i'm i'm flying a bit blind here because i couldn't remember it a couple of days after i actually listened to it i certainly can't remember it now but i definitely can remember these songs and uh it's not partic- this isn't an ambitious record no. and without danger mouse it's certainly one of the uh, it's far less interesting than many many black keys records yeah um but it, it's fair i think it's pretty effective yeah and and you know it is just the two of them but there are two backing vocalists and that is it it's um dan overback and um oh fuck patrick carney yeah carney uh, yeah carney carney you make him sound like he works on the fucking the dodgem <laughs> <laughs> carney patrick um but uh yeah but you know it is very stripped back it's self-produced and all that kind of thing and like 
I mean, it's quite, it's probably a good record to quote unquote come back with. Not that there's loads to come back from mm. when you've only been away for five years, but you know, because it's just kind of like, here we are again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's just never, and I, I do, I do think there are probably more hooks on this album than the raconteurs album. But you know, as I discussed last week, I know you didn't necessarily agree with this, but I, I don't think, I don't think a, a Jack White, for example, is always going for hooks. I think sometimes he is, but sometimes he isn't. I don't think, you know, I don't think Jack White, I don't think, no, hook, I, don't. I don't think hooks were a priority on Get Behind Me Satan, for example. No, I don't either. But they, those songs are really interesting. I mean, I don't want to review the fucking Raconteurs album again. No, that's no, for, no, that's no, for no. damn sure. But this is a rock record, you know? Yeah. And, and again, yeah. and what I will say again is it's still not as catchy and not as interesting and not as much fun as the Dinosaur Pileup album, which I think has just, <laughs> just, you know, if you're going to do, I just feel like if you're going to do this, you might as well do it with as much vigour as you possibly can. And even though this has got, for me, it's got far more vigour than the, the Raconteurs record, it's still, it's just quite, it's just quite enjoyable. Yeah. Do you know what, Steve? I actually agree with you. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. Let's Rock by the Black Keys is out now. If you want to rock, uh, it will rock you for, it, for a bit. It, yeah, it will mild, mildly rock you. Mm, yeah, it will. Um, so let's move on to something. Now, this will rock you in many, many different ways. It is the new record from Jamie Lenman. Um, it's called Shuffle. We love Jamie Lenman on this show. I'm sure you all know yes, that. We We've had Jamie on the show a few times. And um, he is, uh, one, a lovely man, and two, an incredibly interesting an esoteric figure he's got his brain is wired very very differently to most people this is his third solo album um and it is a covers album now i muscle memory is a great record i particularly loved devolver i thought devolver was fucking brilliant i still listen to that record all the time um but doing a covers album it's often very hard to make a covers album interesting or different or to make it stand out from the crowd. And yet here we have um, Jamie Lemon doing a covers album, which covers big hitters like the Beatles. Massive twice. Pop, twice. Massive pop songs by Adamski and Seal. Um, stuff from a short film and a kind of grindcore version of the Popeye theme tune, <laughs> amongst <laughs> other things. Um, yeah. Um, I'm so glad you said that Jamie's brain is wired differently because this is almost like a direct link to his brain. It's almost mm. like an MP3 player direct yeah. link to his brain. Um, the album's called Shuffle for a very good reason. It's um, it's uh, it, it has this device going through it, which is Jamie kind of like skipping skipping songs, songs and yeah. being like, nah, don't fancy listening to that. Fucking nah. rubbish. Okay, yeah, fucking rubbish. Occasionally skipping his own songs as well, which is quite funny and saying how, you know, he's not in the mood for that. Or, you know, a song will then come on and he's like, yes, this is a fucking tune, which is one of my favourite parts of the record. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's very much set up as uh, a... It's a very diverse experience. Um, it's 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 almost not meant to be listened to as an album, hmm. which we have kind of. Uh, I was aware of this because I was like, "Damn, I'm going to be really nice about the Jamie album, even though it contradicts things that that I've said in the past." Re say the Bring Me album, which we kind of 
claimed was just sounded more like a playlist than an album. I think but you can but, do that with cover albums. But I, I but that's the thing. I think with cover albums, it works better. And it's the the other thing I would say is basically when it comes to bring me it feels like a cynical move to get on lots of different playlists yeah there's the last thing to, to this my is, ears. is like and this is not there's nothing yeah. cynical about it kind of all. sludge metal version of hey jude is not going to get you on radio one exactly i mean as a matter of fact i mean some people could even there's some stuff on here which people would even potentially consider like career suicide yeah um, I'm not one of those people, I have to say. No. I think this, um, it's so interesting you talking about like, how do you make a covers album interesting and how do you make it stand out from the crowd? Uh, Jamie has just done that magnificently, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, this is the most original covers album ever, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, the, I, I mean, I I'm, not necess- I'm not saying it's the best. No. But I think it's the most unique and original covers album ever made by anyone ever. Unless you can find one somewhere someone sent me uh someone a, a, a tribute to crass and it was all like emo bands playing crass songs oh wow and i remember thinking this is probably the oddest tribute album i've ever heard yeah 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 and it's not even a covers album it's always a covers album it's not one artist covering lots of other different artists it's a load of like folky people covering crass uh and i thought that was weird this is really weird yeah it's it's very very odd um I feel like if you don't mind, um, I feel like the best thing to do is just go by, go through it track by track pretty much. Yeah. So it begins with Tomorrow Never Knows, which is a Beatles track from Revolver. The original is very kind of like Middle Eastern sounding. Do you remember yeah, the original? Psychedelic very sounding. psychedelic. Completely most dis- people will probably know that. Most song. people will probably yeah. know Tomorrow Never Knows. Completely disposes of the original sort of mi- Middle Eastern experimentation and just goes full on rock yeah. referee basically but, but keeps the um the 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 sort of the the hook is yes. kept sort of fairly is played it's one of the few times where it's played fairly true to form i would say it's fairly straight vocally vocally yes everything else no yeah. i would say but yeah 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 vocally definitely um and then there's killer which is by adamski and seal yeah um i mean this is kind of this is one of the straightest covers on an on an album that isn't straight at all. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it is a totally straight cover. It's almost as if Trent Reznor had been tasked with covering the uh, 1989 rave classic. Um, but um, yeah, I really fucking love Killer. I think it's great. And then you have the theme from Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver. Yeah, bizarre. Delivered in a really much less bombastic than the orchestral original um it's delivered almost in kind of like a lounge jazz mm. way that's cool it's like, great it's i love it brilliant yeah. yeah so it's three for three so far mm. then you've got popeye Pop which Pie. most people will have heard yeah um, well if you haven't i mean you seriously <sighs> i don't fucking brilliant it, it, uh, um the idea of a kind of brutal version of the popeye theme tune <laughs> just in itself is amazing it's brilliant but it also could be the sort of thing that i don't know l storm would do do you know what i mean yes and and badly it could be rubbish and this Even is though you can go like, ha, ha, because it's good you don't think that but it could be that this is like tacky fucking yeah. shite kitsch idea and actually it's brilliant i think it was an enormously smart move releasing popeye as the debut single mm. because i think a lot of people would have gone has he lost his mind and then would have pressed play on on it and go no he hasn't it's fucking amazing mm. uh, i saw it live earlier this year uh at the star inn in guildford 
and uh it sounded fucking great yeah it sounded so good um we then go i kind of into strange territory like a radio play <laughs> yeah so you're the boss is an extract from a short film i don't know the short film i tried googling it i well, cannot can find we just it say before we go on you not knowing that i mean there are songs here that i've never heard of before i can't find who some of the original artists are uh, for a lot of them, I can't. And it, it does feel like, like obviously, often we're given press notes and you're usually told, like, what is what. Yeah. It almost feels like they've deliberately not done that, mm. um, which I think is kind of cool, actually. It's been quite fun trying to s- seek these out. Yeah. And again, it's made me, well, we'll go on to that, but it's made me appreciate some of these songs more than when I hadn't sought them out. But um, You're the Boss is an extract from a short film and the other, it's Jamie Lemon's acting debut, I suppose. Yeah. Um, he could Him have, and Tom York in the same week. I know. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. He could have, a lot of musicians have made total tits of themselves by trying to act. I don't think Jamie does. No. Um, it's alongside Paul McGann. And it's alongside Paul McGann. McGann. Yeah. Real life McGann. Um, and For those of you who don't know, the McGanns are sort of like the British version of the Baldwins. They are, aren't they? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> British Baldwins. There we go. <laughs> the British Baldwin, Davy Boy Smith. Um, um, that's a wrestling joke for the four people who <laughs> crave that. Uh, Jamie's a massive Doctor Who fan. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Paul McGann did just one episode of Doctor Who back in 1996. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, which was critically quite derided i've spoken to jamie personally about it he fucking loves that he loves it and i think as a result paul mcgann is basically one of his favorite actors i think paul mcgann's most famous role is probably eye in with now and i which if you've never seen yeah i was gonna say he's that's got to be the the um the main thing that he's known for isn't it yeah he's he's fantastic paul mcgann used to live in bristol um it, it's a very it's a very odd extract and you know i i'm i would be lying whilst reviewing this i've listened to it every time i'd be lying if i said that i'm probably going to listen to it every single time in the future but you know it's quite an interesting little thing yeah yeah and this is what i mean by like this is basically just like a window into jamie's brain like all of these songs have a personal con- connection a personal meaning or uh, songs or extracts or whatever mm. um and you know some of the personal connections are relatively obvious and some of them aren't. And part of the fun, I suppose, is trying to like work it out, really. Um, and then there's a song of Seekilos. Yeah. Uh, this is the oldest complete musical composition we have in history. Oh, I didn't know that. It's from ancient Greece. So there are there are songs which are older, which we have sort of snippets of, but this is the oldest complete composition. Um, this is one of the songs that I really appreciated a lot more looking into it more because uh, it was originally composed around 200 BC. It's from ancient Greece and uh, it is an ode to Sikilos's dead wife. The translated lyrics, it's actually in an ancient Greek language. The translated lyrics are, as long as you live, shine, let nothing grieve you beyond measure for your life is short and time will claim its toll. And just knowing that just suddenly made it much more beautiful mm. to me um and also these words were inscribed on her grave i am a portrait in stone i was put here by Sikilos, where i remain forever the symbol of timeless remembrance i just thought that was a really beautiful thing yeah. and it was a song that the first couple of times i listened to it, i was like that's a cool little thing now that i know a bit more about it i'm like that is fucking awesome i think it's 
great. Yeah, I think it's cool. a really, yeah. and you know, Sikolos's <laughs> wife, as we're talking about this woman who died back in 200 BC, she's been remembered as a result of this song. I, that's I think that's incredibly powerful. Yeah, like, really in a lot is, of ways. Actually, yeah. You know. I didn't know that, but now I know that. I I know it. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I expected it to be Led Zeppelin after that, but it's not, is it? <laughs> so the next song's called Coda. I this I have tried my damn hardest to Google all this stuff and find out where these songs have come from. I don't. I failed with Coda, but it's a cool song. I mean, it's I, a cool song. I, I mean, I guess because I was like, is he covering Led Zeppelin? And then he wasn't, and I was Definitely like, well, unless not. he is, and he's fucking around with it so much. But it's a really cool kind of um, electric sort of uh it's very band gallus yeah it? yeah like electro pop thing it's it's really cool yeah i'm um, into it and which is odd for the then goes into a song called she bop do you know you, the original she bop no cindy lauper is it okay yeah. i know jamie likes cindy lauper and it, I, I i imagined it was somebody like that yeah but yeah. um but i didn't I, know the song no i watched the uh I watched the original, the video. I mean, it's worth watching the original because, oh my God, it's so 80s. I imagine you'd love it. I probably would. Um, it's a much more fuzzed up, up-tempo version of uh, Lauper's original. Uh, I saw this in Guildford as well and it fit into a set brilliantly, yeah. you know, um, as I imagine a lot of these songs will. Um, it, Jamie's version makes the original sound a little bit pedestrian in my opinion, but then oh, I've, I've oh, said... You a, probably don't like Cindy Lauper. Well, I've, I've said a lot about... 80s production all that and obviously yeah. Cindy Lauper is 80s as fuck you know yeah. um, but it's just a bit faster and a bit more up tempo you know mm-hmm. it's, it's good though uh, Adamantium Rage do you know what this is from no. this is from uh, a video game called Wolverine Adamantium Rage part of the X-Men series uh, it was an action platform video game for the SNES and Mega Drive my god uh, or Genesis if you're in America which okay I released, didn't know that released in 1994 and it's just the theme <laughs> yeah I mean, what would have originally been well it wouldn't have been MIDI but, but Quite, quite crap pumping out yeah. of these speakers and you can hear the original eight on bit. youtube yeah eight bit uh 16 16 bit technically it's a bit like uh when they, they had the the tetris song got released in the 90s didn't it and they also had yeah. a super mario yeah. uh, song so obviously jamie taking inspiration from yeah. bad 90s pop i'm guessing you know i'm guessing it's just a game that he played a well, lot when yeah, he was no, younger and and you know that's probably just the connection but it's a cool little yeah. instrumental interlude thing um this next song's my favorite on the album personally mm. i fucking love this version love song for a vampire yes originally by i don't know don't know annie lennox oh fuck yeah i remember oh, fuck now i because i was like i know that name and i listened to the song and it does obviously doesn't sound like the annie lennox original no no no, no, no. and i was like oh maybe and it, as it went past i mean you know i was like oh, okay but yeah i do remember that it's on um it's the last song it's the song that plays over the credits for bram stoker's dracula uh, oh yeah of course uh, it's all coming back now yeah. i thought i thought i thought you'd you'd know it but it's i mean it was, single, it was in your sing- mind somewhere yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah um have you seen bram stoker's dracula the francis for Ford a very very long time i have tried i really want to see that film but every time i sit down to see it you've never seen it not the whole way through oh, really? okay. because keanu reeves now i know he's had this like renaissance at the moment with My neo and calling- her car keanu oh jesus keanu Reeves is women like big thing I, I've, there's a lot of women in my life who well i'll just leave it there <laughs> hey there's a lot yeah. of women there's yeah. a lot of women in my life who fucking adore keanu oh Reeves. yeah i don't him. know what it is don't know don't get it particularly I, I i don't have a problem with him john wick films are good fun um but yeah uh if you want to see one of the worst performances 
in the oh, film. Awful, yeah. He is so bad in Bram Stoker's Dracula, and I cannot get past his performance. Him and Winona Ryder kissing just look like two planks of wood bashed together. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, really I, bad. Yeah. And that is why, even though like the film looks amazing, even now it's so stylistic and Francis Ford Coppola, you know, he did fucking Godfather for fuck's sake, you yeah. know, amazing director. But uh, yeah, I've not, I would like to sit down and watch it one day. I will get there, but ugh. Well, Jamie's version is not going to help you of, of this song. It's not going to help or hinder you in that respect. Well, whatsoever. I don't know. Now that I know the original, because I went back and listened to the original. I quite like it, actually. Um, I don't I, remember if I liked the song or not. I do remember it coming out, but I can't picture it at all at this point. I love Jamie's version. It just sounds massive. Mm. And it's almost got a shoegaze vibe to it. Yeah, not quite, yeah. but almost. Um, I, I love it. I, I, it's by far my favourite song, song on this yeah. record. Um, the Perquiod Meets the Delight is the next song. I, do you know where that's from? No. This is another excerpt from um, Merville's Moby Dick. Right, okay. It's actually I, chapter 131. Yes, so actually, you know, I read that in the press notes and then I forgot that that was what it was. And then I did hear him reading. And again, very well, very well read. You should go very on Jack well and Ori if that's still a thing. <laughs> you should. I would love to have a Jamie series. Lemon, Jack Jamie and Ori. Lemon, Jack yeah, and Ori. I think that'd, that'd be amazing. Good. Very well read. I mean, once again, uh, you know, uh, when I go back to this record, I probably won't listen to it every single time. Nah. But um, but yeah, um, I assume he just really likes Moby Dick. Mm. Or, or Mastodon. Or Mastodon, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Um, and then there's this handsome stranger called Death. This is a song by a band called Foe. They're a relatively short-lived band who released an album in 2012 called Bad Dream Hotline. Um, but Ruben, Ruben fans will enjoy the connection here because Foe featured Hannah Lou Clark and she sang vocals on Good Luck from Ruben's In Nothing We Trust. Uh-huh. So there's a little sort of link there. Um, it's about as straight as the covers get on this record which isn't all that straight at all jamie's version is a little bit more folksy and it has these really cool deep sort of vocals on it which the original doesn't have um it's really nice really nice sort of folksy song i really like it it's good yeah it's good um then we've got the aforementioned hey jude cover which is just the chorus just well is it not the chorus the, 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 outro. the, the outro yeah the no 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 yeah and then um doomed doomed up doomed to fuckery yeah, i mean i have to great. say it is great I, I have to say it's quite uh it's quite straight well, it's not straight. It's not a straight well, cover, is it? Comparatively. Comparatively, I suppose. It's, it's I, What I was going to say is it's quite a... It's not the most original move in the world. You know, just sort of getting a sort of... Gang Beatles vocal. classic and then... <laughs> yeah, and gang and And, you know, I've listened to it with a couple of people who I won't mention who've just been like, oh, that's such an easy thing to do. That's such a sort of simple idea. But you know what? It works. But, hey, you know, the Beatles are a kind of... There, this when I talk about simplicity in, in music and it actually it being all right just to write, you know, hey Jude, hey Jude's actually hey, not Jude's a particularly simple song, but it the outro is a simple part yeah. of music and it's probably, I'd say, maybe the arguably the most famous minute of pop music ever. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's doing something right, and and also uh, Trent Reznor basically did the same thing on uh, the day the world went away, mm. which is probably my favorite Nine Inch Nails album uh, song. Right, okay. Uh, and it ends with a, a bit of sort of Downton Abbey-esque 
Oh, goodness me. Okay, so this was another one where I, you know, I was like, oh, that's quite nice. And then I did some research into it. It ends with this beautiful song called The Remembrance, um, which is by a guy called Jake Thackeray. Uh, Thackeray. Do you know Jake Thackeray? Jake or Jay? Jake. Jake, no, I don't know. So this is from Wikipedia. Thackeray was best known in the late 1960s and early 1970s for his topical comedy songs performed on British television. His work ranged from satirical to bawdy to sentimental to, to pastoral with a, strong emphasis, with a strong emphasis on storytelling, making him difficult to categorise. Thackeray sang in a lugubrious... Oh, fuck me. Lugubrious? Lugubrious? Lugubrious, thank you very much. Baritone I mean, you don't voice. say many words right anyway, so I think people are fine. <laughs> I have point. a very unique uh, way of saying words. Palette. Uh, accompanying himself on a nylon string guitar in a style that was part classical, part jazz. Um, one minute he could have the room howling with laughter, and then the next he would like hit them with something very beautiful and poignant. And this is um, very much in the latter category, being a note to those who died in um, the First World War, I think. And it goes from sort of the grandeur and honour of war in verse one. And has it has this line at the end of it, um, every, uh, every, at the end of every verse, it's sort of, um, and that was four weeks before we died in the war. And then mm. the next verse is that, and that was a couple of days before we died in the war. And that was, you know, the first verse is saying how like the king is walking up and down and saying, you men, are, you should be so proud of yourselves that you're doing this and honor, glory, so on and so forth. And by the fourth verse, you've got basically, I was looking at my enemy's face and I saw him and the foreigners didn't seem so different from me. And that was just a couple of shakes before I got killed in the war. Yeah. And listening to it properly and listening to the lyrics properly i would recommend that the first time anyone listens to this song just sit down with the lyrics and listen to it because it is i i i'd listen to it a few times and then uh i just when i listened to it and listened to it with the lyrics i just burst into tears i thought it was absolutely beautiful um so it's one of those songs which first couple of times i heard it i was like that's a nice little ditty to end on and now it's one of my favorites on the album yeah it's really good i did that first of all and i did not need to do that <laughs> um, anyway it's i like i say the most unique covers album probably ever made absolutely um uh, and for them and it's i would say it's fairly hit and miss like in for the most as these things tend to be yeah. there are a few bits like you know maybe some of the um spoken word things uh i like you say i'm not sure i'll go back to um but it does keep a, you interest throughout the entire thing yeah and i it think it changes so much i do think there's a lot more hit than miss far, as well far, far more hits than misses um, yeah and it's 41 minutes and it's an incredibly eclectic journey i feel like every single time we've used the word eclectic we've been doing that word a disservice compared to how eclectic this is yeah. <laughs> mm. um and yeah, it's just, it's, you know, I heard about, I actually heard about this covers album about a year ago. And I will admit, I've even said this to Jamie, actually, I was a bit like, really? Mm. I'd kind of rather have a new Jamie Lenman album. Um, and I'm just so, I, I knew that if anyone was going to prove me wrong, it would be Jamie Lenman. And I think this just proves that he is just one of the most interesting artists, one of the most genius musicians working in music today mm. the fact that he can pull something off which a lot of people would have considered a really not good move because you can you can list the amount of 
great cover album probably on one hand yeah, maybe so. two yeah. if you you know but it's definitely very 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 different to all of them so definitely fair play to i think it's great yeah, i really like it that's yeah, good a lot uh it's called shuffle and it's out right now right we're gonna race race through these last two albums um the first of the last two comes from three teeth what um uh, <laughs> Met- so many numbers yeah meta war there's the third album from the la industrial metal band from the 90s oh uh they're actually not from the 90s my my they actually formed in 2013 although <laughs> I, i'm sure they did really they wrote all of this and recorded it all in the 90s um surely uh this album should be called antichrist deluxe or <laughs> hellbilly superstar it is undoubtedly so so rob zombie so white zombie so marilyn manson so gravity kills early filter pitch shifter yeah all of that stuff ministry i've kind of thrown it in though because who's doing that at the moment no 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 one is yeah so so i and i I do think if you like the idea of a mashup of uh, marilyn manson ministry and white zombie then if you like orgy well okay you said this to me on the phone i think you're being a little bit harsh there this is better is it, than orgy isn't it oh it's better than orgy yeah, but okay. it sounds like orgy yeah it sounds a bit like orgy it's 47 but it's minutes better. long and by the end it really starts sounding like orgy because i'm like oh time to go guys <laughs> <laughs> that's what you say to your orgies every time they come up. come <laughs> yeah. on guys i'm done yeah. um uh it is yes um all of three teeth albums are too long this is the least too long one. <laughs> What's well worded. Um, the, I would say this one's like a couple of songs too long. Yeah. Um, whereas, uh, I mean, the first one's like fucking almost an hour long. It's like, yeah. fuck, I know. Um, you know, Rob Zombie did it very well. He tended to release records which were around 35 minutes, yep. which is kind of what you what want for want this kind of thing. Really. Industrial stomp, dance, yeah. stuff. Very, very... Um, uh, yeah fuck it dated it is dated it sounds like the you know i i don't dislike this record at all mm. i think you know while it's on for the first half of it i was like oh cool you know sounds like a sort of slightly more grittier and better recorded and written version of, well, of orgy like it sounds like orgy i don't know what else to say about it it fucking sounds like or it does sound like orgy but I still quite liked it. Yeah, yeah, same. I thought it was still cool, and it's cool to hear this type of music. It's just such a, like, I I wonder if anyone will listen to this and go, wow, I've never heard anything like this before. Surely not, I mean, well. I'd be stunned. Well, well, people People did that about the White Stripes. Yeah, And you're like, well, okay, but. Although the, never been, if you're although the age, white stripes were going back to influences yeah, from going, the 30s, yeah, they're going back like whereas years, these guys yeah. are going back what 20, 20. Years. Um, 15, yeah, but 20. I think they do it really well, I think they do do it they very do well. Do it well, yeah, you it's know, just it's funny, isn't it? It's just it's, it's, it, it's such an odd thing to hear, yeah, make a comeback, yeah. Because it was, it was so like you know we talk about when we talked earlier about Stormzy and how I feel like that stuff will come and it will pop and it will go. Um, yeah, people still remember Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie, but and Ministry. I think Ministry are a bit different to this anyway. And Night Snails. I think Night Snails are far far different from any of that stuff anyway. Yeah. But when you think like you know Orgy, Spine Shank, I mentioned Gravity Kills. Who I gave you before. Like most of the stuff that sounded like this. It sounded exactly like this, and then it you it was never heard from again. Yeah, and yet, hello, suddenly in two thousand and nineteen, here's an album that sounds like one of those bands. It's yeah. just an odd 
odd thing. It's nothing, not, not that it's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying it's an, an unusual, surprising yeah, thing. Totally. I think. I think if if this album and if this band, you know, if it didn't sound good and if it wasn't well done, I wouldn't have brought it in because mm. it wouldn't have been interesting. I just think it's done well. Um, it's basically like music for people who go to slime light to fuck to yeah you know pretty much um and i i actually you know a little bit of is this a confession i don't know i actually streamed their second album on the independent um a few years ago but that went, um, but that went down well with your uh, <laughs> highfalutin uh employers Renfrey. yeah there might be a reason why i'm not there anymore <laughs> um and um because i thought there was just about enough interesting stuff in that last record i think this is an improvement um there are definitely things i mean you know adam jones saw them um on the their first album and uh, took them out with tool they've been um, touring with ramstein they've been touring with ramstein like, they've toured, you know, toured with tool primus yeah you know people from that era like fucking, funny, all 90s bands yeah. Know, <laughs> yeah but hey but that's actually just quite smart isn't it you yeah. know because because i, I mean i don't know if tools I mean, Ramstein's audience, I imagine, would respond to this pretty damn well. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, as I said, I think it is a little bit too long and it could have a couple of tracks shaved off it. Certainly after 47 minutes or so of this, it feels very, very, very samey. And I don't know if they have... Uh, I don't even know if I should say this, but <laughs> when I did the stream for The Independent, sometimes we do like a track by track where we just ask the um, band to come in, just, just tell us what each song is about. Bands hate that as well. They don't like it, no. I um, understand why. I get it, I get it. But uh, so it's just something to pad out the stream, make it a little bit more interesting. Um, I, You get all sorts of things back. Sometimes you get something amazing back. Sometimes you get something not so good. It was the uh, one and only time that I actually refused to print what he'd sent back to me because it was such fucking garbage what did he say oh it was just not i've not brought it with me but like i'll find it and i'll send it to you stuff like just, just sort of well okay I'm, like he was an artist i took a couple of things out from the press release for this album as examples of the way that he kind of speaks so this is um ming uh what's his first name can't remember oh alexis minkola who's the vocalist mm. who looks a lot like a slim dr robotnik from he does, sonic I say, yeah, he's, like, so he's got a real dr robotnik and that's cool like yeah if you're yeah. in this sort of band you want to look like you want to look yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. i will say that i've seen this band live at electroworks obviously <laughs> <laughs> obviously yeah. um and um they do have that cartoon character almost like you could put them in silhouette sort mm. of thing you know i think they're doing everything right mm. like for what they're doing mm. um well, but not everything they yeah. should have been forming in 1993 <laughs> that would have been the right thing to do but go on minkola once described the aims of their live show as an ontological one night stand that's the way he talks and encourages his audience to protest against their own conditioning. Three teeth want you, uh, want you to challenge your own perspectives through methods of cognitive dis dissonance vis-a-vis -vis their decentralized discordian network slash fan club known as Operation Mindfuck. By going, burn through the witches and slam <laughs> through the ditches and blam in the back of my regular sort of. There's another thing which made my eyes roll from the press release. He says, um, our debut album was Man vs. The World. Our sophomore album was Man versus Himself. And now our forthcoming third album is World versus World. <laughs> I say that I mean, they this, sound like orgy. It's fucking nonsense. Like, I mean, you sound like orgy. But 
But it's, it's perfectly good. good. Yeah, I, I don't mind <laughs> it's it. Good. Musically, I think it's all right. But, yeah. but then I'm from the 90s and I spend most of my time listening to fucking Snow and the Goo Goo Dolls and like the New Radicals. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and, I'd be and really... Repub- I was listening to Republica the other day. Like, I don't mind stuff that sounds like the 90s, but I'm, I'm imagining if you're someone who isn't as fucking married to that decade as oh, I yeah, am yeah, 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 and yeah. that stuff, if, you, if you're somebody who's like, oh, I don't really care about... Even Nine Inch Nails. I mean, obviously, it doesn't sound anything like Nine Inch Nails. But um, if you're someone who's not bothered by that stuff at all, you're going to listen to this and think it's hilarious. You're going to go, wow, it's mental. But if you love it, maybe, or maybe if you're really, really young and you're not familiar with Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson, Mm. blah, 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 you'll hear this and you go, fuck, that's an interesting new sound. I know, I know, but but you know that like yes, that if you're happen. if you're mega 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 young, it might. You never yeah. know. Like and You'd and have it to might be really young. You yeah. would have to be very <laughs> young, admittedly. Like, like probably have it on in the background while you're getting breastfed. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that will happen. Who yeah, knows? maybe. But it's um, called Metawar. 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 <laughs> by three teeth and it's out now and it sounds like orgy so our last album is actually an ep what, what's that band that it sounds like orgy orgy yeah. okay go no, listen to candy ass by orgy and then listen to this and it, no to be honest this is it, that is a much better they've got much better songs than orgy yeah 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 yeah. most of them anyway yeah not as good as get your love to me remember that one i only well, put this album in because i knew you were doing impressions of those thank bands. you so, yeah. um fox jaw a playground for sad adults is the second ep from the bristol-based alt-punk rock stoners well what are this band they're just a good band, I think. They're fucking great. They're, they're a really good band. We saw them supporting Pagan, and I think yeah. I actually reviewed their last EP for Metal Hammer, and I gave it uh, seven, and I thought, this has got a lot of promise. And they have definitely built on that promise, I think, um, with this record. I went back to that first EP, yeah. and uh, I think you were a little bit harsh on it. What do you mean? Giving it a seven? I would have given it an eight. I think it's very good. I think it's good. I... I I think yeah, I think it's good. I don't think I don't think you're being har- I don't think you can say you're being harsh to anything by giving it a seven. It's a good score. Well, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe Led Zeppelin four giving that <laughs> a seven. Probably a bit, but a, bit a bit harsh. But like, I you know appetite for destruction. Giving appetite for destruction seven <laughs> feels quite like churlish. Like, nah, okay, you know, the, the drums aren't that good. Like, um, but poor oh, Stephen Adler, he's been shanked. Have you heard that? By himself. Stabbed was it by himself? We should have said this in the news. We should have, yeah. Stephen Adler has stabbed himself in the stomach. Fucking hell. He's not had the best time. No. Really. Bless him. Um, get well soon, mate. Yeah, get well soon. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, yes. fan, the Fox Jaw, let's talk about it. So, I uh, no, I think the, the first EP is, was good. I think it was good. Yeah. I think seven's a good score for an EP, a debut EP from a, a, a you know a very, very new band. Do you think and this is better? I think this is much better. I, I thought agree. they were much, they sounded much better live. They reminded me mm. a bit of Soundgarden. They reminded me a bit of um, Fu Manchu. They reminded me a bit of um, Fugazi or uh, one of those sort of post hardcore bands from the, you know, late 80s, early 90s. I, um, I, I find this band enormously difficult to pigeonhole. Yeah. Um, looking and at- they've added a, a bit of a kind of even more like contemporary metal kind yeah. of growl to their sound yeah. at this point as well um which is fucking excellent yeah it's awesome looking at the press release i was curious to see what bands they say they sounded like because i was like i don't know where you'd fucking start mm. um and they basically said early biffy at the drive-in deftones and cave-in yeah. i don't think 
I think early Biffy is the closest of those four. I don't think either of those are inaccurate. I'm a little bit puzzled by Cave-In, but... Um, oh, yeah, no, I can definitely hear Cave-In. Yeah, you know? okay. Especially if it depends what era of Cave-In you're talking about. I'm well, that's, the, that's about, the thing, how, yeah. like... Yeah, that's the thing. And they've got so much going on that you could literally go, well, they obviously like some part of Cave-In's discography yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah, between yeah, the yeah, two yeah. of those two bands, there's got to be some sort of crossover because between the two of them, they both do pretty much everything themselves absolutely but um i I, you know and i could list a million bands that they seem to take influence from but i just sort of thought i'd sit down and listen to the record and actually name them as i was going through so i got the 80s matchbox beeline disaster interpol Wilhaven, fugazi sunnydale real estate brand new white zombie explosions in the sky and you'll know us by trail of dead we never learned to live in manchester orchestra Mm. on one listen on six songs and one of them is a 32 second intro so five songs essentially it's 22 minutes this ep yeah um I, it's incredibly impressive yeah. i feel I mean, could, like this could is one be of the a most... mess couldn't it when you, yeah. when you mention all that it could be a mess it absolutely could not. be but it's not mm. um which i think says an awful lot for a band who are on their second ep um they have i i, I did like their first ep a lot but with this second one they have just shot straight into one of my most one of my favorite exciting new bands i feel yeah they're very good i i just i just think it's a really really when when i struggle to describe what a band is like it's a pain in the ass for me personally because it makes my job harder but it's also the most exciting stuff in my opinion i think this is a great ep and um i think people should definitely check it out Mm. i think it's excellent and they're from bristol fucking yes Mm. Oh, they are from Bristol, yeah. I've, that's in your neck of the woods, isn't it? Yeah, this is really good. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I think particularly um, the last song, The Curse of the Button Man, is really uh, heavy and catchy and then has this really odd outro for the whole EP as well, yeah. which is massively unsettling. Well, um, which just sort of says the title of the album, A Playground for Sad Adults, yeah. over and over again in a weird way. I have to say, when I saw that it was called A Playground for Sad Adults initially, mm. I was like, oh, that's a little in flames, isn't it? It is a bit out um, of flames, isn't it? And I, and isn't I, it funny how you go, the <laughs> sound of a playground fading yeah, yeah, in yeah, flames, yeah. but this actually doesn't sound like a stupid title because the music's good. It Proving did, that music... I, I thought it sounded like a stupid title before i heard it and then i well, heard it I mean. and i went now it works yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. now it works because the music's good and it's funny how one if your music's good you can basically get away with anything yeah. even looking like dr robotnik <laughs> yes <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so uh yeah this is a really good band and one to watch and again fuck knows what they are but they're just another incredibly eclectic and they're brilliant live as well yeah, they were like, so really impressive. Like, live. I'm going to see them at 2000 Trees in a couple of weeks. And I'm really looking forward to seeing mm. them again with um, these, now with, that I know the songs. With this set of songs, I mean, I think this is far, but I, I don't think I was being harsh on the debut EP. I liked the debut EP and I said I liked it and I don't think I was being harsh on it. Right. But I think I'm sorry this, I mentioned it. <laughs> but No, no, I'm just saying that I, I, I don't feel like I was harsh on it I, and I don't feel like I was being sort of... Um, you know horrible about it or anything i i thought i thought it was really good i mm. thought the ep was really good but not to the extent where i'm like i really want to go and you know like this is fucking great i definitely agree this is better yeah i think to be honest i think they're both really good yeah um, but this is very this is really they very good. cunningly packaged them together so you can get like a double lp with both of them on which i would fully recommend because i do that that makes uh for a very cool full length listen if that means it's like 44 minutes both of these records mm. together and and they work together very very well it's yeah. 
they are a very exciting band and you yeah, should look sure. out for them definitely so if that sounds your bag at all kind of very eclectic rock band with big riffs a bit of metal a bit of kind of post hardcore and just odd time signatures and just yeah. all kinds of stuff then you should check this band out for sure and like Renfrew says they're another great British band I've seen really good at the moment so mm. um, that's Foxjaw a playground for sad adults and that is it from us thanks to Musicism go over to musicism.net um, to sign up for your courses on vocals production and guitar mm-hmm mainly guitar for you Renfrew it's 9.99 a month and 50% off uh if you put in the code riot in the checkout in um capital letters also we're going to shout out Art Tangent again our sponsors thank you very much to them why not why not riot or riot act with a capital r and a in there if you're going to buy a ticket we highly suggest you do we'll see you there um we'll be doing this another couple of weeks although you i won't be here for the next couple of weeks as i mentioned yeah. at the start so enjoy talking to damien yeah give him a nice pat on the head from me for how good the record is i will i will um, so so next week it'll be me and damien uh who's a very opinionated man so i'm very much looking forward to, to sitting yeah, down with damien much about that. Normal, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it'll be myself um and uh mr ben Tipple, um of uh, oh, he used to do stuff for Punktastic and things like that. Um, great man uh, coming and reviewing 2000 Trees with me. And then you'll be back. The week I'll be after back, that. yeah. yeah for back. episode, oh, what will that be? 51? We'll be getting close to our birthday. Yeah, yeah, we will. Let's not forget our birthday as well. Our, oh, yeah, our birthday. I think we're going to try and get some more tickets um, uh, on sale for the birthday, which is on the 22nd of July. Yeah, I am sorting that out. Yeah, so we'll, we'll put that on socials and stuff. But. Um, we yeah. have some guests booked as well. I think I'll run down. We've got, I think we've got four confirmed, but I will, I'll, next week I'll go into some of the guests that we have. Sweet. Okay, lovely. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. I appreciate it. And I'll see you soon. And Renfrew will see you next week. Ta-ta.